Donald Trump hasn't been saying a whole lot in this past week, but he did recently come out and saying impeachment was a bad idea. He's saying he's not going to get removed under the 25th Amendment. And I think he's probably right, because when Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer called Mike Pence, he had them wait on hold for 25 minutes. And then the aide came back on and said, he's not going to take your call. So that was kind of brutal. I really don't think they're going to get what they want, but they are moving to impeach. And here's where it gets a little different. However, Mitch McConnell is reportedly pleased that Republicans are expressing their intent to vote to impeach Trump. Well, he's pleased that Democrats are moving forward. There's now reports from some from one New York Times reporter that up to 20 Republican senators are open to convicting the president. I couldn't believe it myself when I heard it because I'm like, well, that would be the end of all of these Republicans. You know what, though? It probably already is. Most of them have already said no to Trump. So I can't imagine Trump voters, the actual party, their actual Republican Party base, are going to turn out for most of them. I mean, look, they, they'll get some, but they lost in Georgia. I don't know what's going to happen in 2022, but they do have the, you know, gerrymandering on their side right now because many of the, uh, many House level legislatures were won by Republicans, or I should say, you know, their Senates and their General Assemblies, et cetera. So they might be able to gerrymander their way into a victory. But I got, I kind of feel like Trump supporters may go in entirely different directions. So we'll see how that plays out. But we got other news too. This is crazy stuff. Reports coming out that they're expecting massive riots or protests at 50 state capitals. That they're, they're saying now 4,000 people will surround Congress if they try to impeach Trump. And I'm not sure I believe any of this stuff. It seems extremely exaggerated. And when you follow actual Trump forms, none of them are talking about this. In fact, they're actually calling it out. But who knows what's going to happen? We've got a statement now from the Joint Chiefs that the form, the, the, the retired officers who were on the ground at the Capitol were committing sedition and they're warning against following MAGA, I guess. So things are getting a, a, a whole, like, just kind of crazy. And I'm hoping everybody can calm down. But now we have this other story from Project Veritas. Now, this one's creepy. PBS's principal counsel saying, even if Biden wins, we're going to take their kids and send them to, like, re-education camps. You got a lot of really crazy people in this country. Even if it's just someone trying to talk smack behind the scenes, that's crazy. Who, like, this, this guy from the Veritas video, imagine him talking to someone, and apparently that's supposed to be endearing. Like, I'm trying to win favor with this individual I just met. Let me tell him I'm in favor of re-education camps. You gotta be kind of crazy to think someone's gonna wanna hear that. So we'll talk about a lot of this. We've also got the CIA releasing UFO documents, which will probably prove to be a whole lot of nothing. But joining us is Dave Smith. How's it going, man? What's going on, brother? Thanks for having me. Yeah, who are you? Me? I don't know. I'm Dave. <laughs> Just so, so we, saw, we, we saw him at the we were at grocery store. And there's a guy buying chips. And we're mm -hmm. like, hey, what's your name? And you're like, Dave. I was like, hey, I'm Dave. You know, I just met you, but I believe in re-education camps. And, and I was like, like yeah, that's and how you it were works. like, I got to have you on the show. <laughs> this is interesting. We definitely should have some contrarian, pro-authoritarian, you know, Gestapo-type voices on the show. Uh, well, uh, so I guess you're actually a comedian. I am a comedian. <laughs> yes, I've been doing I've been doing stand up for uh, 13 years, and uh, I'm a libertarian, a podcast host, host of Part of the Problem, and uh, you know. That's it. Fan and a fan of you guys. I oh, appreciate awesome. it, man. We're glad to have you. Maybe we'll we'll get to laugh today instead of being freaked out. You know what I mean? No, I'll probably just freak you out more. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, like, you know, it's all entertaining. I, I like <laughs> horror movies myself, so. <laughs> How about out. a combination of both, laughing and terrified at the same time? So, like, yes. we'll laugh, we'll, we'll be like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got the tissues ready. Yeah, <laughs> so we're good to go. And uh, Luke's chilling. Oh, yes. Hi, I live in a parking lot, and I sell t-shirts <laughs> on wearechange.org forward slash shirts. So, hi. 
That's that's who you are. Yeah, You're that's me. A t-shirt that's... vendor who lives in a parking lot. <laughs> Essentially, if you <laughs> if you if you really narrow it down, yes, this is the caliber of people life. I have on this show. Huh? <laughs> yeah, a guy we picked up at a grocery, at grocery store, store yep. and the dude who sleeps in the parking lot selling t-shirts. Yep, yep. this is going to be excellent political yep. commentary. Yes, uh, Luke's actually an independent journalist. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> well, well, you know, you know how to sell it. <laughs> also, there's breaking news happening right now. I just saw this on my Twitter with the vice president announcing that he will not be invoking right. the twenty fifth amendment. I think this is. Also, some breaking news just happening right now. He just issued another letter. Uh, uh, Mike Pence really loves his letters, Mm -hmm. but he just released it. It just came out. And um, a lot of people, especially Mitch McConnell, are going to be, and Lynn Cheney, are going to be very disappointed. (laughs) Liz Cheney? Yeah. Liz Cheney, U.S. Senator. Who are going to be very disappointed with this we will, news. We will talk about this, uh, but don't forget Sarah Petula is pushing on. I'm buttons. here in the corner. I'm the only sane one here tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> Ian kidding. is sick today, he is, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, he, I guess he got, you know, I don't know if he got sick the other night. He so got it, up early. No, come I'm on. just kidding. <laughs> it's not even funny. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about a bunch of stuff. Let's get started with this, uh, this first story. And this one is, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is pleased. At the prospect of Trump being impeached, new report says, when I think of Mitch McConnell being pleased, <laughs> I want to think of like Mr. Burns going, excellent, but McConnell's kind of like a turtle, turtle so it's more yeah. like, excellent. You know, <laughs> it reminds me of like Disney. They say uh, from Business Insider, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell believes President Donald Trump has committed multiple impeachable offenses and is pleased at the idea of Trump being impeached and removed from office, the New York Times reported on Tuesday. The Democratic-controlled House is expected to vote on impeaching Trump on a charge of inciting an insurrection on the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. This would make Trump the first president in American history to be impeached twice. McConnell thinks that Trump being impeached and then potentially convicted and ousted from office by the U.S. Senate will make it easier to purge him from the party, the Times said, citing people familiar with his thinking. Oh, please. I always love when they put those lines in there. (gasps) Familiar with his thinking. What does that mean? It's basically the New York Times does it all the time. Yeah, it's an excuse to not have to be a journalist. (laughs) So you can just basically say, oh, well, someone familiar with his thinking and then no one can really hold you to account because what does that even mean? It means some random person was like, oh, I bet I bet he wants to, uh, you know, purge Trump. Well, you've read, you you know, if you've watched enough Fox News to know what Mitch McConnell thinks. Yeah, we'll roll with it. Yeah, ev- everyone's familiar with all of these criminals thinking at this point. But the thing I'm familiar with Trump's thinking. Yeah, well, we're all very his- familiar <laughs> with Trump's thinking. <laughs> yes. Um, but now he can't, he can't uh, express what he's thinking on Twitter anymore. I think, wouldn't it be funny if like Donald Trump, cause the, the last thing he really has is that the old school thing where the president can interrupt broadcast television but like if trump just did it like every 15 minutes to like (laughs) tell you what he was gonna tweet like he just comes in and he's like we had the biggest crowd sizes all right i'll be back i mean what if he just happy happy cinco de mayo here's my taco (laughs) ball no but what if he just did it and it was just him hanging out and he just talked for hours and all tv was just taken over he also has the presidential texting system yeah that's right can go and it'll be like trump saying you know we had a huge rally it was the biggest everyone agrees i did nothing wrong could you imagine getting his tweets forcefully because Twitter bans him? So he's like, that's kind of been the joke. Trump, suppo- Trump supporters are saying he's going to start spamming through the presidential alert system. I'd, well, I'd be here for it. That's pretty entertaining. I'd be. I, I think it'd be a good time. You know, you know, life is fairly boring and routine, you know, and this pa- these past several years have been so psychotic and just everything constantly getting crazier and crazier. I think everybody needs like a little vacation. Maybe maybe that's that's the good with with boring old Biden who fumbles and mumbles and doesn't give pressers, at the very least, people, the media, I should say, won't have anything to talk about. 
Yeah. I guess the ramifications are the political destruction that will come following this. So, oh, yeah, know. no, that's bad. It's pretty bad if, you know, you're like a citizen in Syria or something like that. But there, I think a lot of people voted or for Taiwan. Biden for that reason. Yeah. People but I in think, Taiwan are freaking out. Yeah. And yeah. They, maybe they should be. Uh, yeah. But I think a lot of people, it's not just Trump fatigue. It's like the, the media fatigue, too. Like, they're just so over this whole thing and just want, they, like, no, people no, crave no. normal. No, the media is panicking. Like, you, well, you, yeah, they're actually there. there There's a journalist. I'm not going to say her name, but she tweeted. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like my whole career was built <gasps> upon Donald Trump. And now Trump's uh-huh. gone. There's nothing to write about. Well, you, did, did you see that that reply guy to Trump who was just <laughs> like, it's more unsettling not knowing what Trump is thinking. It's like, oh, he's going to cry now. Is it unsettling or do you just realize you have no meaning in your life? Now? <laughs> uh, so that might be what's unsettling. But I think the problem that all of the establishment types are going to run into, because this is a big moment for them. Like they they got the guy out who they wanted to get out. Then they have this great excuse with the Capitol riot where they can be right. like, aha, see, we were right about everything and right wing violence and all of this stuff. And then they, they go, well, maybe we'll impeach him now and that'll purge him. From. The problem is that the 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump, the vast, vast, vast majority still really, really like Donald Trump. And the, the core of it is that they like his policies better than the neocon policies, that what he stood for. And I like some of it, not all of it. Don't like the job he did as a president. But if somebody gets up there and gives a Jeb Bush policy, this is what we need to do. We need to invade every country in the Middle East, have wide open borders, bail out banks, whatever. You know what I mean? Like the Bush uh, policies. And then Trump says, how about we actually restrict immigration? Don't fight these stupid wars. Uh, d- relook at some of these trade deals. Make sure it works for America and we're not outsourcing jobs. That is enormously more popular amongst the Republican base. And they can't purge that. Well, here's the best part. The Republicans are, I guess, doing everything in their power to figure out how to never win again. Yeah. Because we have this story from CNN Politics. Liz Cheney, number three House Republican to vote to impeach Trump. You know, look, if if they think this is going to win for them, I I don't know what to tell them. Because poll after poll, even all the polls that were wrong consistently show Trump has the overwhelming majority. And I don't mean like 70 percent. I mean, 90 to 95 percent of the Republican Party supports the president. Now, here's where I find something really interesting. Not that I trust the New York Times too much, but Jonathan Martin says a Senate Republican aide tells me he thinks there were about 20, give or take, Republicans who were open to a conviction before our story on McConnell. Will that be enough to actually get to 67 senators? I don't think so. I don't think these people want to end their careers right now or get primaried because they would. You're, you, you know, any, any, any Republican senator who comes out in favor of impeaching Trump, first of all, it's not going to do anything. I mean, what Pence becomes president for two days mm-hmm. and then Joe Biden is the 47th president. And then w- w- it's ridiculous. Maybe they'll impeach him after he leaves, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Well, the Daily Mail actually just started a countdown with the days left to have Donald Trump in office. And it's uh, I think it's at 183 hours right now. And when we look at a lot of these calls, we're seeing John Bolton, Liz Cheney, Mitch McConnell, not really the best of the best taking the front leadership when it comes to right. calling wow. for uh, in, impeachment. And again, there's, they're specifically trying to get him for, quote, incitement of insurrection. Donald Trump made some very strong statements against that today. But uh, we pretty much see the establishment 
uh, trying to purge, as Mitch McConnell was alluding to, Donald no, Trump from no. the Republican Party. I think that was someone familiar with his thinking. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, for, no, no, for real, for real. Business Insider says McConnell thinks Trump being impeached and then potentially convicted and ousted from office by the U.S. Senate, quote, will make it easier to purge him from the party. The Times said, citing people familiar with his thinking. They have attributed this quote or this idea to McConnell that he never said. These people are crazy. Wow. The media in this country is psychotic. Yeah. That is the most insane trash I've ever heard. But you know what? This is what it's been for the for. I mean, it, it's been this way for a real long time, and it's only getting worse. Well, it's it's so hard sometimes. I felt this way for the last four years, where I just want like if I, even if I have something I really want to criticize Trump on, and I'm like, I think he did such a terrible job with this. Then all of his critics are so insane that you end up spending most of your time being <laughs> yeah. like, okay, no, I'm sorry, right, right, right. like, no, yeah. he's not a Russian agent, yeah. okay? Like so, that's not. But, but the, then there's legitimate issues like Yemen, like like the crazy spending that he did, Listen, weapons deal with Saudi Arabia that, that have to be addressed against Donald Trump. But guess what? We're not talking about those legitimate issues that actually could change policies. We're talking about if he was a Russian agent based <laughs> yes. off no evidence at all. Yes, but you yeah. know what? But you're right. But and the truth is, right, Donald Trump should be tried for war crimes for what he did with the Saudi government to the people of Yemen. Yeah. He should he should be yeah. tried and end up sitting in a jail cell after a trial uh, next to George W. Bush and Barack Obama for the rest of their lives. We, we, I mean, it's just awful. I, you're, you're talking about the mass slaughter, yeah. starvation yeah. of hundreds of thousands that, of women and children. The humanitarian crisis in the world yes. right now. And it's and a completely... No, uh, no, 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 it's no. worse. It's, it's worse it, than that. It's worse, it's worse yeah. than that, dude. Wow. And then, you're talking yeah. about you're talking about babies and old people uh, puking and <laughs> and diarrheaing themselves to death because they have cholera because we put a full the Saudis. In other words, no, the Saudi um, U.S. coalition. Yes, in other words, the, the United yeah. States of America and and their you know propped up regime in Saudi Arabia put a full blockade around what was already the poorest country in the Middle East. Right. I, it's I mean uh, the United Nations called it the number one humanitarian crisis in the world. Yeah. I'm sure you could make an argument with a few other really bad situations, but it is. I mean, it is just people should go to jail over somebody this somebody actually commented right when we started that they believe trump was the greatest president of our lives but should be tried for war crimes both are true it's huh. interesting yeah, that's it's, an interesting it, that's an interesting but take. It, it could be a statement about the past presidents we've had and the horrifying yeah. things they've done well he's definitely yeah. he's not as bad as as bush yeah. or obama <laughs> but that's not I setting mean, a big bar no, there. It's that's, not. that's a very low bar with a lot of war criminals with a lot of crimes yes. that had so many people suffering from it and another thing to really consider here there's even associated press articles and investigations that looked into how this saudi u.s coalition was working with al-qaeda and sunni rebel groups inside of yemen to go after the the hutsi Iranian-backed rebels in that country. It's it's pr pretty much a proxy war between Iran and Saudi Arabia. The United States is on the side of Saudi Arabia, and they're doing some god-awful things behind uh, al-Qaeda. And again, this is something that even the Associated Press admits and right. talks about through their own investigations, yeah. which is insane. If you could imagine, right, and I know, like, you, like, got, like, kind of made your bones in, like, the post-9-11, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, world, but could you imagine, right, even with all of the opposition to the terror wars, uh, uh, which deserved all of it, they were absolutely horrible, but that you would say, like, if I could have grabbed you in 2005 and told you that in 2020 and 2021, that America would be fighting on the side of Saudi Arabia and Al Qaeda 
in in Yemen, that we would be that Barack Obama and uh, John Brennan and the CIA and Saudi Arabia and Turkey and Israel would be arming Al Qaeda in Iraq and arming ISIS, that now we've actually transitioned the war on terror to the war for terror is it, it would have made Americans heads explode. I don't I don't think so. I think that would have been like sounds about right. Now, I think what would have made their heads explode is if you said, and it was coming off of a Donald Trump presidency. Yeah, yeah that might then have. Then their heads would go. That might have, uh, but, but that guess might what? have gotten them. That's still not as bad as what Bush and Obama did because uh, Trump didn't start any new wars. So and we yeah. still have to admit let's, that. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as bad as what Biden will do. Yes. So I, I, Quite possibly. I mean, we, we had on China Uncensored. They talked about some of the people that Biden's bringing on have praised China and defended them in some of their horrific actions in the South China no, Sea. No, they argued specifically that a China rise is good for the global economy and we need to not stand in the way of China becoming the world hegemonic power. That's literally wow. officials that are in the State Department under Joe Biden that are coming in right now that are going to be setting policies. And as we were saying, the people of Taiwan, and I said this right after the election, are the biggest losers of this presidential mm. so, election. So, so let me ask you uh, guys then, how much... Of what was going on with Saudi Arabia. I mean, this this was going on with Brennan. This was going on the Obama administration. Yeah, so this started under Obama. So is this... I'm, I'm, this excuse all started, me, the, the war no, in Yemen started no, under this, Obama. This the US, relationship with Saudi Arabia goes back yeah, to the Yeah, it goes 70s. back to Henry Kissinger yes, literally yes. going to Saudi Arabia and arguing for the larger petrodollar on the world stage. Right, right, so right. Henry Kissinger, again, hands in China, hands in right-wing uh, you know, dictatorships, left-wing dictatorships, and also establishing Saudi Arabia as the global hegemonic power in the Middle yes. East. So and, Henry and Kissinger... I mean, I Can I just to, say, yeah. because you yeah. added that part, and then yeah. I have to, and you're absolutely right, and then I have to just add the part about that, is that basically what happened was after World War II, we entered into the Bretton Woods uh, uh, monetary system, right, where where gold was, we were on a gold standard at $35 an ounce, and basically everyone else was on a dollar standard, because yep. we had all the gold after World right. War II, because everyone else was destroyed, and we had all of it. So the deal was, don't worry, you can back your currency with dollars, and that's as good as gold, because you can trade that in for gold anytime you want. And then we cheated. And we had the Federal Reserve printing tons of money and other people yeah. started to sniff this out because <laughs> yeah. basically we were going to the moon and fighting a war in Vietnam and doing the Great Society. Off and other countries backs. were like, wait a minute, I don't think you actually have the yeah. gold for this. And England and France, I believe it was, called our bluff. And they said, okay, we're returning all of our dollars. We want our gold. And then in 71, hmm. Nixon, it basically the first great default of American debt said yeah. no. We're not giving it to you. And, you know, they spun it in this like, you know, they're trying to undermine the sovereignty of the dollar thing. But really it was like that we were cheating and we didn't have any of it. So then our money was backed by nothing. So following that, this was Kissinger's well, well, move on. to go, we'll yeah. back it, it with oil. Yep. And then basically you still have some type of commodity standard. It's, it's, and then it, he went it, to Saudi Arabia. Right, right, but, it's, exactly. but it's essentially backed by our guns. And our military yes, technology. The military industrial complex. Because you, you look at uh, what, you know, Saddam Hussein... Didn't he want to get off the dollar for oil? And he then, did. Gaddafi did. did. Exactly. A whole bunch of them. They all find yep. themselves on the wrong side of these wars if they yeah. don't want the to play ball with the petrol. Yep. Well, so I wonder how much of what happened during Trump's presidency with Saudi Arabia and Yemen was him inheriting the problems of the previous administrations. He didn't start any new wars. That's uh, true. He, he did make mistakes like the missile strike in Syria and hiring Bolton. But mm -hmm. later on, it seems like he was at least trying you think to, like, he, he didn't start any new wars. He deserves credit for that, for sure. He flirted 
and got dangerously mm-hmm. close in Venezuela and Iran. And Iran, um, But didn't, and, and to his credit, could have. And there were a lot of people around him who wanted those wars. I mean, yeah. Bolton was the national security advisor that so when wrong. that stuff with yeah. Iran was going down. It was down. the only time the mainstream media praised him oh, and yeah. actually stopped criticizing 20, 24-7 nonstop. And they were like, he's a great... He's a great president. He's showing real leadership. Brian Williams was literally family-friendly show uh, releasing liquids from his pants area when he saw the <laughs> missiles flying over into Syria. He called saying, it beautiful. He called it an amazing, beautiful yeah. Yeah. sign of democracy See, and that's, freedom. That's what, what the, that's what they wanted. That's what it would save Trump. If the, Trump was like, I'll blow up who you tell me to. That's right. But Trump also could Trump could have played it one of two ways, and he just sat in the middle and failed. Yes. Okay, so he could have uh, fought another war. And they would have all loved him. And if he had started another war or two, the the establishment would have rallied around him. CNN would have backed him because that's how sick these people are. Yeah. They, think about it. They mm-hmm. accused him of treason yeah. when he met with Putin and said, hey, let's be friends. Let's be let's have the yeah. two countries who have 90 percent of the nuclear weapons in the world. Let's have some detente here. Let's be friends. That to them is treason. Bombing uh, people in third world countries. That's a great president. But, so he could have done that and won them. Or he could have ended every last one of these wars and won the American people. Yeah. And, and, and he know, did nothing. He sat in the middle and he lost. Exactly. And you know what the the issue for the media was, in my opinion? If it bleeds, it leads. Pictures of bombs, war is shocking content that they can sell. On a slow news day, you turn on these these channels and they give you nothing. I remember watching segments of like Anderson Cooper standing in mud and he's like, it's raining here in this part of the country. And I'm like... Their ratings are probably in the gutter. Yeah. But when they get that war and that shock footage and they say it's a crisis and oh, and they, they try and sell it. Trump wasn't giving him, giving the media the, their bloodlust. Uh, there's, there's a lot of other things. There's a political influence. A lot of these networks. Well, yeah. I mean, half of their staff are former CIA, well, former NSA, former military industrial complex of they gave, some. They gave, uh, if it, but they if, gave if anyone, the wants, yeah, if anyone can, is, wants to see bloodlust and suffering, all they have to do is go to Yemen. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so they had that option to highlight that. Yeah, they, well, the they media, weren't they, interested in it because no. that would have that would have been an indictment of all of them and the entire system that but, they but prop up. Think about what we saw under Obama with extrajudicial assassinations. Mm-hmm. How much of this, when they reported on the war and the conflict, was were they criticizing Obama for it, and how much of it was it was general coverage? Yeah. You look at the refugee crisis, which was huge news a couple of years ago, mostly with the Eastern Mediterranean route. These are people coming from Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, etc. And that was the fault of George W. Bush and Barack Obama. And the context of it all was general news coverage. When it comes to Donald Trump, the dude could, you know, step on a twig and it would crack and they'd all start shrieking at the top yeah. of their lungs. And you don't think it is. They, they, they needed to replace that bloodlust with something. And because Trump wasn't giving them what they wanted, both politically and in the ratings, they turned it into him. They well, found a way to, to weaponize it. But it's finally. All, yeah, no, I think you're right about that. But I also think that what Donald Trump, just by his very nature, represented was the refutation of the the whole system and that that in a way was a threat to them and also the fact that they they told everyone well look we've laid out these rules we represent the american people we know what they think they'll never vote for this guy and then they voted for this guy <laughs> and now they all look bad because they told you this couldn't possibly happen and th- the truth is it's like this whole thing man it's like it, now, it's just like levels of irony and tragedy it's something it, it's like a greek tragedy that the country so hated 
Clinton, Bush, Obama establishment. They failed so much of the country. They squandered the greatest country on earth. But the only thing we had that could actually beat them was Donald <laughs> freaking Trump. Yeah. And we, everyone wanted him to be something else. Like the left wanted him to be Hitler. The right wanted him to be the savior. Caesar. Yeah. And he's just <laughs> Donald Trump. Well, so, so I think it was Cernovich who said, uh, you know, like, so the left wants him to be Hitler. The right wants him to be Caesar. And Cernovich said he's a Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but think, That's right. think about That's it. A great, that's a yeah. great the people looked at what they were given and they said i'll take donald trump think about what that means now i've long said the way i view the trump presidency and why i thought it made more sense to support him was that you have the ivory tower you have the establishment elites looking down and scoffing and laughing at the little people as they use the, the working class people's children as cannon fodder mm -hmm. and they're laughing and then along comes bernie sanders left populist and donald trump right populist and they're banging on the doors. Well, they said, hey, Bernie, come on up. Don't worry. We'll be nice to you. And he was like, oh, gee, they're letting me in. Hoo -hoo. And then he joins on in. The Trump people broke the door down. Trump storms in and he's like a raging bull, knocking things over, flipping tables, screaming at everybody. And they were freaking out. Oh, heavens. Oh, and they're fanning themselves and running from the tower. And then they desperately needed to get it back. So I look at the Trump presidency as fairly chaotic. We had a really, really great economy in 2019, the best numbers of our lives. And I said this on a previous episode. Well, I, I, I asked, I think I asked Luke to try and coax him into saying it. Isn't Trump our greatest, pre greatest president of our lifetimes? And I'm like, oh. you're like, oh. but when you look at no new wars and you at least look at the attempts to withdraw our troops from some of these places, is it, it so. is far from perfect. But so, you look yeah. at Clinton, Bush and Obama. So he's Whoa. half as bad as the other ones, or yeah. he's uh, <laughs> half, yeah. but, but, half as good as he promised to be. But again, it, it, it's still, but, I think you brought up a good point. You, you bring up the bull analogy, but they also contained him in the lower level, so he couldn't get anywhere else up. And they, he, he, and he, didn't raged, know. he raged, but he raged in the gift shop. He didn't rage in the actual positions that actually mattered. But, and in my opinion, it, it, he kind of like just put the establishment at half pace of where yep. they were going anywhere. He, he held and, them back. And he held them back halfway, but the establishment was still moving in uh, fairly, fairly close with him. And now they're going to go full steam ahead with Joe Biden. And I do think there's going to be new conflicts uh, engaged uh, all throughout the world, specifically also around Russia. Russia. Uh, they're going to try to kind of also, they're going to bump heads with China, but I think Biden has too many ties to China to actually do anything legitimate. China's going to expand its territory. I think it's very fair to say that, but they're going to be butting heads very seriously uh, in other places in the world, like Ukraine, Syria, who knows, Turkey is also a very hot uh, location that's in conflict with Greece right now. So there's a lot of potential for conflict all over the world stage. And I think a Biden administration you is know, going to exploit that to the fullest extent because he has the top echelons of the military industrial complex in his cabinet, in his administration. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're the ones who are going to be calling the shots and they do call the shots. I, I, I have to wonder about all of these people who constantly think there's this grand plan, you know, like the, like the, not necessarily the Q people, but the periphery to them as well mm -hmm. that are like, I can see what's happening. There are comments I see pop up where they're like, you know, Trump didn't really concede. He said a new administration, which means he's replacing Pence. And it's like, dude, like Trump, I thought was way better than Hillary Clinton. It's not hard to be way better than Hillary Clinton. She was awful, like one of the worst politicians to ever run. And just this demanding and sickly individual is just and she wanted it. 
And we, we had a choice between the establishment over and over and over again. And there was an opportunity for a Trump and he, and he, and he managed to pull it off. Well, I mean, look, Trump's say far whatever, from perfect, far, oh, no, from perfect. far from perfect, but whatever criticism you could, you could, uh, launch at Trump and there, there's a lot, uh, Donald Trump, uh, made it that we didn't have another Bush or Clinton. And for that alone, <laughs> yeah. for that alone, he, ju- he should be saluted just for beating the Bushes and the Clintons and destroying those two evil, you know, like uh, um, family could you, could organizations, you... criminal organizations. Uh, and look, I'll say this. I think uh, Barack Obama was an absolutely horrible president. But you know what? Because of him, John McCain wasn't president. And oh, my God, if you want to see oh. a disaster, let John McCain have access <laughs> Uh, to to be the commander in chief of the military. I mean, we'd probably be in five more wars if he had been there. So well, now look, Obama did pretty much get this us is in five the, more. This is the main still. problem, though. Like, I think Trump, I think Trump operated in good faith when he got in. He thought that he was president now, and you know people were going to listen to him, and that he was going to have control and get to do the things that he wanted, f- fulfill his promises and these wars. And he didn't realize he was walking into a gigantic machine, all gummed up with bureaucracy and red tape. Okay, but that's on him. See, the problem, no, of course. The I'm prob- not saying it's not. No, but the problem with Donald Trump, okay, is that he doesn't know anything about anything. There's not one thing he's ever read a book about that knows something about it. He's got instincts. He's instinctually brilliant in many ways. But, he, dude, he banned critical race theory being, uh, like, taught to the military and government organizations. And through contracts. But, because three months ago, he was watching Fox News and <laughs> saw a thing about critical race theory and yeah. went, what's this critical race theory thing? That sounds stupid. And he Let's couldn't... stop doing it. He had no clue what it was up until that point. So he, that's well, on, the problem. And at the debate, he couldn't define it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, but no, I'll that's... take it. Yeah, well, look, I agree. It's it's still better than nothing, but it's kind of like, but dude, to rise to the level, to to actually do what he could have done, the person he could have been in history, he needed to know like three things and he knew nothing. I think it's obviously hyperbole. He doesn't know anything. I think the dude's clearly successful, became president. He's very rich. And the problem was he entered government thinking it would work like a business. He thought he could just fire people. He couldn't do it. Yeah. He surrounded it. He hired bad people. And the one thing he was famous for, firing people, he didn't do enough of. He hired people and then fired his own people when he should have been firing all these holdovers who are going behind his back, leaking information and sabotaging everything. He, and, okay. and he overspent. That's another thing. If, oh, he was running it, if he was running it like a business, the business is gravely in debt right now that our children's children are going to be paying for. And also, when you look at the people he surrounded himself with, the ones that he took advice from, I mean, Jared Kush the one who negotiated better weapons deals for Saudi Arabia, Ivanka, the lady who cried about the alleged chemical weapons attack in Syria that many investigations proved not to be true, that convinced him to bomb Syria, according to Trump's son, who admitted that this happened. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. now, 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 I gotta say though, I gotta say, you're doing a lot of ragging on the guy. The Abraham Accords are amazing. Mm. Yeah, you don't think I, so? No, I no. F- fair enough. I would just say I was actually going to defend him in that moment too. That I will say that one one defense. I'll give to Donald Trump for putting his family uh, in these positions that they were not in any way qualified to be is that he really had <laughs> he really had no one he could trust. And they did try to frame the guy for Aren't, treason for did, three years. And he had the entire deep state working against him. So I think he did sure, want his yeah. family there because he's like, OK, well, at least Ivanka is not going to like be setting me up for, you know, could, like she set him up to bomb Syria. But, but look, 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 yeah. for, for, for all the issues too. Jared Kushner helped negotiate these historic peace agreements. 
Yeah. Look, when, when, I, when I think the peace agreements, to be honest, I, I like the sound of it. I think they're kind of overplayed. There's not really any meaningful peace uh, between people who were not already allies. It's like, OK, you can well, make there's like, normalization of, of economies, new flights, not now planes from from one Arabic country can fly over Israel. Look, it's, it's not an easy good. it's not an easy process. So I, I remember when Donald Trump crossed the DMZ into North Korea mm-hmm. and he was heavily criticized for it. And I said all he was doing was endangering the country and negotiating with a dictator. And I'm like, dude, negotiations have to start somewhere. Yeah. If, if we get Bahrain and the em- Emirates and, uh, uh, you know, uh, now you've got uh, uh, Morocco and they're normalizing relations. That's the first step. I listen. I agree. That, that's. And, and that's more than but I can what say happened, for, for Obama. But you know what, what happened with the, listen, you're absolutely right about the North Korea stuff. It was great that he did that. It was amazing. It was a great first step. And what happened with those, those trade negotiations? This idiot made John Bolton the national <laughs> yeah. security advisor and I sent know. him over there yeah. to blow the whole thing. Yeah. And, and John I'm Bolton sorry, sabotaged that, that peace yes, deal. He yeah. sabot- and that is on Trump. Of course. I mean, that's, you can, like, who in the right mind would put this guy but, as but this national is another security thing that people advisor. really need to think about. Donald Trump set up a peace deal that was almost identical to the same Iranian peace deal that he wanted North Korea to have. So he yeah. ended one peace deal and he wanted another one that he unsuccessfully didn't get. And we're going to have a Biden administration that's going to do the opposite. And it's like they're playing with us. They're toying with us. You know, look over here. But uh, on the look, other look, end, look. they commit something As else. we can clearly see from these reports, assuming that Mitch McConnell one is true, <sighs> Trump trusted way too many Republicans yeah. thinking that they were going to work with him. And what they wanted was judges. And then they gave him bad info, bad people. And they just were waiting him out. And now I do believe they want to purge him and all of his supporters. But like you said, the people still love the man. Yeah. And, and, and I think I think, you know why? I think when you listen to him, I think Trump does want to help people. I just don't think he understands how government works. Yeah, I, you might be right. I don't actually know what he wants. And, and I got to say, I'm starting to think more and more that he really just wants to help himself. Um, but I will say that the Donald Trump looked at an entire group of Americans who are just absolutely despised by the ruling elite. I mean, they hate these people. You you don't have to watch CNN for more than 10 minutes to just gauge what they think of the average Trump supporter. They hate these people. Yeah. They lecture them all day long. They don't care. As you pointed out, they use their kids as cannon fodder. Yep. They they don't care that there's a drug. They, they barely even ever report on the drug ODs, on the suicide rate, on the life expectancy going down. These people have been completely screwed, uh, screwed over by the empire, just completely forgot about. And Donald Trump looked at those people and said, said, you know what? I care about you. I want to bring your jobs back. I want to win for you. And that was enough. That was all it took because no one had ever talked to those kids before. It was like someone showing like, you know, like the ugly girl in high school, a little bit of attention. And she was like, I love you. Like, that's okay. You're my, I don't mean to insult anybody in that. but i think i just insulted i think i just alienated trump supporters and women just uh, all across the, uh, i think i lost i don't know who's left but yeah. i'm just making the point that he just he just didn't hate them you know you'd see these pieces like on cnn where they'd be like why do these evangelicals support donald trump and like kind of on the surface you could see what they're talking about i mean clearly the guy's not a devout christian um but you know why they support him because he doesn't hate their guts, <laughs> yeah. and you do. And he, and, you know, he eats yeah. steak with ketchup. This yeah. And yeah. Michael well, Michael Moore made those same exact points that you are making is, right now. Well, that's this is my favorite story. 
that I remember when Donald Trump went to this fancy restaurant and he ordered like this 30 day dry aged steak, super fancy and expensive, well done with ketchup. Ah. And I watched the media mock and laugh. And you know why that was so brilliant on Trump's part? Do you know what the regular, what regular Americans saw when they watched those segments? They weren't mocking and laughing at Trump. They were mocking and, and laughing at you, the regular working class American who's got only a couple bucks to buy that garbage, you know, steak from the supermarket that you cook it all the way through and you put ketchup on it because it tastes like crap. Yeah. So I remember when I was growing up, guess what? For the most part, yeah, we'd get, you know, grocery store cuts for a couple bucks. We'd cook them well. We put ketchup on it because we weren't rich. Every so often we'd save up and my, my dad would come back with the filet mignon and be like, this is the good stuff. And he'd put a little garlic and salt on it and we just ate it like it was. And it was so amazing. And so I knew when I saw that story, what Trump was doing, whether he's all about expensive, well done steaks with ketchup, or he knew I'm going to speak to these people who have been kicked to the curb and insulted and the media walked right into it. Yeah. You know what, you know what it really comes down to for me? The media is despicable. It is, it is the press in this country it is lies all day and every day. And that's, and, and I, I, you know, I grew up, uh, with the, the war in Iraq, the lies from the media, the, 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 this blind trust of government. And it got us into these wars and there was no accountability for these people, many of whom are still working. These politicians who voted for it still in office after 47 years. And that's, that, and that's why I say it's kind of funny to say that Donald Trump is the greatest president of my lifetime because he didn't vote for these things. He spoke out against them in his book. He did really poorly in hiring and he, and he fumbled a lot, but he spoke to the people. He did a lot more than these elites did. He banned critical race theory, whether he knew about it or not. I liked it. And it was only in the past year or so when I was like, I like what I'm seeing right now. Yeah. I like the attempts at least to mock the establishment. You know what I really well, like? I, I, I'm with you completely on that. But that was a great gift that he gave us. <laughs> just ever, relentlessly mocking the, the corporate you, press. You ever see, you ever see the, the moment where he comes out and he's like, you know, by the helicopter and the press all asking him questions. And he's like, we got a really great deal. Saudi Arabia is giving us billions of dollars for all these weapons. And the, yeah. the anti-war left, their jaws hit the floor like he just comes out and says, he, you're not supposed to admit this. Yeah. It's supposed to be we're here to support, you know, security and peace. And Trump's like, we're getting great money. It's great for the economy. And then when it came to Syria... When the, when we left troops there to guard the oil fields, he just comes out and says it. He's like, you know, we tried to get the troops out of Syria, but I guess they got mad at me. So we just left them there. They're guarding the oil. That's what they wanted. And I'm just like, <laughs> tell the people. But I think that's, I think that's a big part of the reason why he was so despised, uh, is that he is this guy that just is uncontrollable. And he blurts things out. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump yeah. can't keep a secret if he wanted to. You That's know, like, we know just, there's no aliens. But but, yeah. but it's also why it scared the bejesus out of all of these people. You know, like Donald Trump. One of the people wonder why. Uh, you know, like John Brennan, for example, hated Donald Trump. You ever hear John Brennan on TV? Oh, you can yeah. tell it is a personal hatred that he has for Donald Trump. Well, listen, Donald Trump when he was running in 2016 just blurted out, okay, <laughs> that. Obama armed ISIS and created that. <laughs> now, he just blurts this out. He's just like, you know, Obama created ISIS. That was all Obama. And they're like, what are you talking about? You can't say that. And he goes, no, no, no. No, Obama created ISIS. And, and now, Saudi John, Arabia did 9-11. Yes, he also blamed them yes, for 9-11. Now, <laughs> and he said he was going to end the Federal Reserve. No, he said a yeah. lot of these things. <laughs> yeah. Now, John Brennan was the head of the CIA yeah. while yeah. they were knowingly arming al-Qaeda in Iraq, also known as treason. With a capital T. These are crimes that if you were uh, prosecuted for, the, the punishment for treason, I believe last I checked, is death. 
Okay, so Trump is just out there blurting it out, and to Trump he's like, "Nah, I just said it. Now I move on, and now I'm going to talk about how great my crowd sizes are." And he brings are. Flynn but, on. Yeah. But Bl- Brennan's sitting there like, "What did you just say? You're not supposed to say this." And like people who talk about this are like, "Like I talk about this, mate. You talk about yeah. this and stuff." But the president of the United States, yeah. with his 70 and million adoring voters, don't no, just no, and before that us. it was totally ignored. I mean, we had whistleblowers, we had government agents, we had insiders, we had people on the ground that were. Conf- Confirming, showing videos, showing photos, showing documents of U.S. arms, munitions, Mm -hmm. weapons, trucks going directly into the hands of ISIS, al-Nusra and al-Qaeda inside of Syria to do regime change. And and this was proven, but this was only talked about in the alternative press until Michael Flynn uh, actually whistleblowed and released a lot of the information. Michael Flynn, of course, was brought in by Donald Trump, and Donald Trump was saying this on the public stage, and then we know what happened to Michael Flynn. Yeah, they got and rid this, of him pretty and, quick. And this is where the Russia narrative comes in. Mm-hmm. He must be doing this because he's trying to undermine and damage this country. But it was, look, it, because a lot of people look at it on the surface, and they go, oh, well, but the it failed because they didn't get him. You know, they got nothing off the Mueller report. There was no it, one it went to jail fail. for it. But no, it worked. Right. They boxed him in for three years. So yeah. Donald Trump was running on, look, let's make a deal with Russia. That way, we, we both have a common enemy in ISIS. Who cares if Assad is, is the, the president of, of Syria? Like, whatever. We'll just let, leave him there. It's worse when we overthrow these guys anyway. So we'll make a deal. We'll make a deal with Russia. We'll get out of Syria. And then after hearing nothing but Trump-Russia collusion on on repeat every day for years. Well, now Trump can't make a deal with Russia because if he went and made a deal yep. with Russia, well, then that's proof that he's colluding with Russia. So it works and perfectly. And it's, and it's all about the Qatar Turkey pipeline. No, I shouldn't say all about. It. It's a large component. Are you familiar yeah. with it? Yeah, yeah. I've read a little bit about so it. So there, there was a report from uh, The Guardian going back to, I think, 2012, where they said that a report in 2009 from the U.S. said they wanted that we wanted to have boots on the ground in Syria because Bashar al-Assad was blocking our access to building this pipeline. Lo and behold, everything you guys just talked about. Remember that that photo of the truck ISIS had? And it's got like, you know, bot, what, what was it? That truck that had the phone number for like a Michigan auto mechanic on it? <laughs> yeah. and it was like, how did that truck get there? That's not that's weird. Did you ever so, hear the, uh, as well. did you ever hear the uh, the tape? I, I don't remember. I'm not sure if it was a hot mic or like a secret recording, but there's the tape of John Kerry talking about the rise of of ISIS uh, is really interesting uh, as he's talking about it. So he comes in, I guess, in was in 2013, he became secretary uh, of state. So it's after Hillary Clinton left. Um, and he's talking about, so this is kind of, you know, right as it's happening. Um, and he's talking about, and, and he's basically just saying, quite frankly, uh, on this tape, I, I think he doesn't realize he's being recorded. And he's going, uh, he goes, look, we saw it. We saw the rise of ISIS coming, um, but we thought we could control it yep. and yep. use it to bring Assad to the negotiating table. So you also, you got to understand with a lot yep. of these things, it's tremendous hubris that they think yep. everyone's their pawns. And then, because look, it was not part of the plan for ISIS to then go invade Iraq, have the Shiite army that we trained bail, strip off their uniforms and hand over all the stockpiled weapons yeah, to them. Man. That wasn't part yeah. of the plan. So they just think that they can control everybody in the same way that like the Black Lives Matter rioting 
smashing up that CNN building wasn't part of the plan. You're like, wait, you guys weren't supposed to do that. (laughs) You were supposed to just go over here. But people are not pawns, and it's not always easy to control them. So the whole thing just got away from them. Well, they created the cultural situation in Iraq, especially with the second Gulf War, after they got rid of a lot of the Hussein Baptist loyalists Mm -hmm. that they said no longer could serve in the new military. So a lot of those fighters joined up with more radical Sunnis, and they were enabled to start this larger group that later became known as ISIS directly because of policy decisions by the Bush administration, specifically making sure uh, that that this protocol was followed. It was it led to tremendous amounts of human suffering. I mean, people were tortured on camera with, uh, with amazing like production that was terrifying the entire world. The oh, Western you, world has been terrified well, me, by if ISIS. If you start adding up the numbers, we're getting to... Yeah. Hitler, Stalin level yeah, numbers. But, but I mean, you're talking a million yeah. in Iraq, half a million in Syria. It's gonna be a million in Yemen. Well, but, but this is the same. One, one thing I need to bring up here is because we had ISIS literally dominating the headlines. Everyone was always talking about them. Everyone in the Western world was scared about a terrorist yeah. attack happening in their city because of them and their ideas. They had the direct fingerprints of all the upper echelons of the U.S. intelligence agencies, Israel, Saudi Arabia, working with them in cohesion, and then. All of that just magically kind of went away under the presidency of Donald Trump, who, who, uh, uh, from the information I'm getting, stopped funding them, no, stopped, stopped supporting that, them. That was, you want to give Trump credit for something? That was one of the first yes. things he did. Yes. He, ended, he ended the CIA program yeah. to arm the anti-Assad rebels. Yes. And almost immediately after that, ISIS just stopped being a problem. And there was also, and they also fought them. I mean, I'm not, it was like the Russians right, were right, fighting right. them and our troops were well, fighting them. Well, the Russians were exposing right, right, right. how they the were selling there. oil, so, Syrian oil, to Turkey. And, and so, 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 so let me ask you then, because kind of going back to we're talking about Trump's presidency in this country. Do you think that like regular military folk, not the high ranking officers and the political actors, but just like your you know rank and file, maybe lower level officers, do you think they all support the president? Yes, I think the vast majority of them do. And I, but you also have to understand, I mean, look, uh, Ron Paul. When he ran in 2008 and 2012, got more money from active duty military than every other candidate combined, both years. The, so anybody who's talking about ending these wars is going to get tremendous support from the rank and file. Well, that's they, they, they know do. way better than us they about how, how crazy these wars Bush, are. Bush, Obama, Trump all promised we're going to end all the wars. We're going to bring all the troops back. All of them. Yeah. Even George W. Bush. And, oh, yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I'm going to be a non-interventionist president. Elect me. We're going to keep America at home and we're going to make sure america's great let me let me let me, let me jump to this next story and we'll kind of bring all of this foreign policy stuff back home because we have this report from the daily mail joint chiefs send memo to all u.s troops condemning maga riots as sedition after arrest of current and retired officers and spell out that they only follow lawful orders in fresh warning to trump they say the military's top leaders issued a written reminder to all service members tuesday that the deadly insurrection at the capitol was a criminal act The memo signed by all members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff also reminded military members that Joe Biden was duly elected as the next president. It comes after the arrest of current and retired uh, officers among the rioters. (laughs) Among the known retired veterans who stormed the Capitol was Ashley Babbitt, a retired Air Force veteran who was shot dead. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Larry, Lieutenant Colonel Larry Rendell Brock Jr., 53, was slapped with federal charges after he was pictured carrying plastic handcuffs in the Capitol during the riot. The Army is also investigating a psychological warfare officer, Captain Emily Rainey, for leading a group of people from North Carolina to the rally. So this I found interesting that it turns out even the uh, uh, the horned Viking guy, Navy veteran. Yeah, there were a lot of people there who served 
And you've also got the Oath Keepers, many of them who have served, many of them who are still police officers now, clearly support the president. And I guess the question is, does the like the military overwhelmingly support the president? Would they support him, you know, moving forward? Well, that's that's the big fear. I mean, I'm, I'm literally just as as you're reading that, I'm thinking of the, um, you know, the, the Smedley Butler yeah. uh, attempted the banker, the coup. Banker plot. Yeah, the, that plot. I mean, you know who they were going to use for that was all the these veterans from World War One. I. I mean, that's who that because if you if you actually wanted like, what would your big fear be if you were the establishment and yeah. that that would be your fear? So you better get that yeah. under control. Yeah. And that fear is real because why else would they be sending out a memo to all the branches of the military? Exactly. That's the point. You know, you know, why are they doing this if they're not worried about something or other branches of the military uh, potentially deciding or thinking about doing something? Well, you can- when 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 those, those polls came out before the election saying that the military overwhelmingly supported Joe Biden, I just didn't believe it. I laughed. I was like, come on. Why would first of all, I, I, I I've not served um, my family has. Most most of them and my family have in some way been involved in you know the armed forces, but I did live briefly on a military base. I do know many people, so I don't want to pretend to speak for them, but I kind of feel like the amount of respect they'd have for someone like Biden, who is a career politician, enriched himself off the office and votes for the wars that gets you know them sent out. I don't think they're going to be like that's the guy I pick. And not only that, you look at what Trump says about the troops, what he does for them, and how he advocates for them. And I just feel like it makes no sense. So I ask some people, you know, do you think because there, there was a, uh, a statement put out in The Washington Post by all f- uh, former defense secretaries warning members of the military not to follow Trump's orders. They were like, do not. Well, it was it was interesting because this is a, it's, it's getting close to a military coup when you have these individuals telling the military not to obey Trump if he gives them orders to do something. But they wouldn't, like, like you were just saying, they wouldn't need to put that statement out in the Washington Post. All former living ex-secretaries of defense saying, don't do this. You will go to prison. This is for you, to Chris Miller of the Pentagon. Now you have the statement where they're saying to all the members of the military, it was, it was a riot. Know it. Joe Biden's president. It's done. Why are they saying it now? That's kind of freaky. Yeah. Why do they need to say it? Well, they're definitely concerned. I mean, this was one of the big things about Donald Trump in general that really, like, scared the establishment. And I think this is the reason why he scares them a lot more than Bernie Sanders does, even though Bernie Sanders did scare them, is that Donald Trump's supporters are just way tougher (laughs) <laughs> like, if you had to oh, yeah. fist fight a random Bernie Sanders fan or a random <laughs> Donald Trump fan, you would not for a second. Like, I, I mean, let's just be real people here. You would in, immediately you'd go, I'll, I'll take on three Bernie Sanders fans if I have to fight them rather than one Donald Trump. Because yeah. Donald Trump probably has some barrel chested miner or something like that <laughs> who's going to pound you into a bloody mess. And Bernie Sanders is like some gender well, studies major. But hold, on, like, hold on, but hold on. One other point that I wanted to make to, to your kind of question. Another thing that is really relevant here is that Joe Biden is one of the first presidents that didn't really address the war question at all. Yeah. He's not anti-war. Right, a lot right. of people know this. A lot of foreign policy experts are saying he's most likely going to start more conflicts and he's going to have the continued American foreign policy that was just halfway under Donald Trump. Also, during the BLM riots, he took the side of BLM rather than police officers. So a lot of people serving in law enforcement, yep. in, in the military, know that he's on the side yep. of the of the radical he's, protesters. He, he's, he's entering, Joe Biden is entering the presidency with probably the least amount of confidence from our, our men and women in uniform and law enforcement right now. 
Well, the yeah. few people that we talked to that voted for him all regret voting for him. Uh, you know, there's other thought thinkers like Naomi Wolf that are like, why did I vote for him? Thought thinkers? Uh, thought, uh, thought thought leaders. leaders. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. I'm Polish. I got hit in the head a lot when I was a kid. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Naomi Wolf, that was funny. Yeah. She was, that was, uh, what did she say? Was, if I had known that Joe Biden was in favor uh, of lockdowns, I never would have voted yes. for him. And it's like, he's, he's, he says it all the time. You could have exactly. known that. Jeez. Yeah, that's kind of inexcusable to not uh, to not know that. But you're right. And it's also just that, look, Joe Biden just basically limped. I mean, I, over out of the primaries. I mean, just kind of survived them and was basically um, he, he almost won it by process of elimination. Like ba- the, the establishment basically trotted out all these different people. They were like, hey, everybody get excited about Warren, get excited about Buttigieg, get excited about, uh, you know, whoever, Kamala Harris. And none of them caught fire. And then Bernie Sanders was doing fr- – and they were terrified of him. So they were like, he's no deal. And then they, they threw Bloomberg out there who just completely fell apart in the Ugh. debates. And then they were like, OK, I guess all we have left is Biden. They had the coordinated hit where all of Biden's competition dropped out. Sanders' competition and Warren stayed in. They got him over the finish line. And then he basically ran on being not – Trump, not campaigning. Well, like well, nothing we've he, ever he seen before. He didn't run. He, well, right. He, he yeah. called the lid. He hid in his basement and he said, I'll just stay away from this. And and look, and that is to some degree, it's like the quality about Trump that got him to the dance is also the thing that got him out of the dance is that he does have this personality that he was willing to say every nasty thing to everyone around in order to really beat them. But that also turned a lot of people off. So it was like a double edged sword. And, you, you know, and, and it was enough for Biden. Biden's like, the press will carry me. That social media came down and silenced, you know, the, the big Hunter Biden story, mm-hmm. the big Big October surprise basically got squashed and that got him over there. But we've never really had a president like that. Not in my lifetime who won that way. O- Obama inspired his way into the White House. Yep. You know, I mean, it, Trump inspired his way into the White House. I- even this guy Bush, limped it wasn't in this. there yeah. with the help of social media tech oligarchs and the mainstream media overlords that are like, hey, you're going to represent us. You're going to work for us. He's like, <laughs> not even saying yes. He's like, good. He's in. Let's get <laughs> They're in. like, <laughs> Joe. Can we count on you to do as you're told? Come on, man. I've been doing as I told for 47 years. Uh-huh. Just tell me what to do. I'll go to sleep in the corner and you can write my name for me. And that's much. essentially what's going to happen, especially when you see the special interests, the corporatists, the banks, uh, the, the complexes behind them that are essentially going to be setting American policy fast forward in, in a way that we have never seen lobbyists take control of our government. He's a huge lobbyist. He even argued with Barack Obama about the power of lobbyists and how great they are and how we need more of them. Barack Obama even ignored, uh, even well, argued let's, with let's, him against let's, that. Let's jump to this story real, uh, real quick from the Daily Mail. 4,000 armed patriots plan to surround Congress to stop Trump impeachment. Law enforcement reveals at closed door briefing. They say Rep. Connor Lamb revealed Tuesday law enforcement briefed lawmakers on a 4,000 person group of armed patriots prepared to prevent Democrats from entering the Capitol as they move to impeach Donald Trump. The threats we are facing are very specific. Lamb said Tuesday is more National Guard are deployed to D.C. They have published rules of engagement, meaning when you shoot and when you don't shoot. This is an organized group that has a plan in their minds. They are patriots. So this, this is how we so this is now a contest of wills. Trump declared a state of emergency Monday night that allows the Department of Homeland Security and Federal Emergency Emergency Management Agency to coordinate with local authorities. On Monday night, new chiefs of Capitol Police told House Democrats they were looking into three separate plans to hold protests, including one described as largest armed protest ever to take place on American soil. But the most concerning 
is said to involve armed riders encircling the Capitol and blocking Democrats from entering, killing if necessary, so that Republicans are able to take command of government. I, I don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe, but let me put it this way. You mean to tell me that there's a large group of people defending Trump, defying Trump? That I don't quite understand. I have, I've, I've listened to what the Trump supporters have said, and they are repeatedly saying Trump never said storm the Capitol. Trump was still speaking at the event when they already started breaching the barricades. And then Trump said, we will, pe- he said, we're going to peacefully march and then cheer on politicians. That was already going down at the Capitol while Trump was speaking. Yeah. So I wonder if the people who were there, probably a lot of them were Trump supporters, but there are elements of the right that don't much care for Trump. They, they, they may be, uh, you know, I'll put it this way. There are people who are Trump supporters first. Trump says, go home and in peace. Trump probably could have issued stronger uh, statements, but Trump says we condemn the violence, you know, go there peacefully, cheer on protesters. There are people who listened. You have this captain, uh, Emily, uh, I believe her name is Emily Rainey, who's being investigated. We just mentioned her. And she said she went there to hear Trump speak, and then they all got in their buses and left. There, there was that musician, uh, what was his name, Ariel Pink, who said, I went to hear him speak, and then I went to my hotel, went to my hotel and went to sleep. These are the people who like Trump, who listen to him. And when Trump says, you know, go in peace, they do. But then there are other people who are not Trump supporters first. They're something else. So they go to the Capitol. They engage in this. I have to wonder now when when they're saying they want to help Republicans take control of government. Who are these people that are willing to put themselves on the line for Mitch McConnell? I don't I don't buy that. Yeah, it, it seems very hard. Uh, it, it seems very hard to believe. I mean, I suppose it's not impossible. I, it doesn't seem likely to me. There, there seems to be no there, there's no strategy there. There's no way this could possibly work. I also do think that they are really trying to like they're one of the things that the establishment are experts at is exploiting a crisis. Like they're at, so when this thing with the Capitol building happens, there you can see their eyes get wide. Like mm-hmm. okay, now we jump on this, and now what they're using is this argument, which is what the articles of impeachment were, uh, you know, going to be that he incited an insurrection, that he's right. inciting violence. Now, certainly you can say that Donald Trump, by claiming the election was stolen got a lot of people very worked up and maybe that that made them more willing to do something than they would be. But you could also say that framing the, the president, uh, for, a, a, as a, a guilty Russian, of treason right. and, and a, a Russian asset, that that would incite some violence. You could certainly say that some of the people on the left who have basically been saying for years now that, uh, cops are out there hunting black people for sport. And I'm no yep. fan of the cops, but it's obviously just a lie. And yeah. that that definitely incited a lot of violence. Obviously, Maxine Waters and but all look, these look, other. Look, look, but the, they the, only want to apply the double, it to Trump. The double standard. I'm just I got to be honest. It's like every day I see something about the media, the lies, the double standards. And I'm just like, I think we all know. And anybody yeah. anybody who's saying otherwise is lying. They're just, yeah, they're you're just right. lying. So listen. I think it's possible that there's a large group of people that are angry, but I think these are, it's the equivalent of the people who voted against Trump. There are angry people who probably don't care about Trump and are against Biden. So it's, it's entirely possible. There's a large group of people who have crazy plans and I don't know where this is coming from. There's reports of like armed capital protests and like a, a, a inauguration protest. I've not seen those things. I've only seen Trump supporters denounce or deny them or warn people not to do it. Yeah. But I'll say regardless. You know, people should not be going on going on to D.C. I think the inauguration, the, the, what they're what they're planning is, it seems a tad bit reckless, but I definitely think they need to up security to an extreme degree. I mean, the last in, in D.C., 
for the time being. The last thing we need is any kind of escalation. It's the worst possible thing. It's going to result in nothing but bloodshed if they were to do something like that. And it will it will serve the opposite of what your interest is. If you hate this, like, kind of government authoritarian control. They're crossing their fingers. Yes, Yes. this would be the best thing for them you can do. You cannot win a show of force with the federal government. Don't kid yourself into thinking you you will. If you ever got to the point where it actually threatened them in some way, they will go Waco style on you and burn children alive to protect their it interests. Is, it, yeah. it is, Don't it, do it. Do well, not. The, the way to fight the federal government has to be done through peaceful means right now. It's the most militarized yeah. government in human history. You want to do something? If you're in like a red district in, in a rural red area, start teaching prayer in school again. Yeah. It's, Resist it's, it's, that but, way. But, 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 do not, something not, like that. Not even about that. It's about, we've mentioned it several times, we're in the information warfare era. We're in the yeah. information age. Winning influence comes through confident arguments and playing the game strategically. The, the, a lot of these Trump supporters like to talk about 4D chess. Well, I think y'all should be playing it right now because look at what they're already doing because some people yeah. stormed to the Capitol. Now, that's crazy. The zip tie guy, some of this stuff's crazy. Should not have been done. But compare that to the, the waves of damage and destruction we've seen throughout the last year with Black Lives Matter. Okay. Now, to act like, you know, AOC goes on, uh, what did she go on, ABC saying half of Congress is on the verge of being killed or whatever, and it's like, oh, calm down, calm down. But you can see how they weaponize it. Yeah, it was yep. it was one of the dumbest things people could have done. Well, you yeah. can't you Sorry can't copy the the techniques of the left because they es- essentially have the mainstream media, social media, and a lot of the larger kind of cultural sports sports uh, spokespeople that that essentially send out these larger ideas that kind of justified. Lydia sent us a video before about what happened to uh, Rand Paul recently, where he was walking through a crowd and BLM protesters surrounded him, and uh, you know with I his mean, wife with his yeah. wife in a, in a very tense. Situation. Situation, but there was no outrage by the mainstream media right, right, surrounding were, that specific were, incident. They were screaming but, at him about Brianna Taylor. Exactly. The even bill, though he sponsored yes. the bill for Brianna Taylor. Exactly. So, so there's always. Name. So we got to understand there's crazy and there's bad actors in every group. Like we understand oh, that. Yeah. But uh, the, the kind of thing that I'm worried about, and if I could be allowed to speculate, I don't like to speculate, but we know if we let politicians gain more power from emergencies, What's stopping them from creating emergencies to gain more power? And with everything coming up forward, I have this kind of feeling that there might potentially be either another grave escalation that could be planned and organized or maybe even a false flag. But this is just something that I personally feel that we should keep an eye out for because I think there's a huge potential to turn this already horrible situation to, to turn it a lot, I think a I, lot worse than it is. Already. I think talk of false flags is just going to help them more. If, if it's true that they want the emergency, then they will love to hear you claiming that they were the ones who were behind it so they can say, now you're crazy and these people are crazy. No, look, there are crazy people. And yes. I, I, I've seen people post crazy stuff online. I have heard crazy stuff from some of the craziest, you know, Trump supporting. There are some stories out there. Reuters did a yeah. story where they interviewed a guy who said, just if Trump just says the word, no, 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 we don't want any of that. Trump's word was go in peace and he condemned the violence. Yeah. The, the strategy now is it's, it's propagandistic. It's persuasion. It's culture. It's influence. The Daily Wire put out this movie. That's what conservatives need to be doing. 
That's the battlefield right now. The hearts and minds of the people the not reporting, not going and trying to fight. Yes. Like you said, the most militarized government. Well, what we, yeah, what we need to do is try fight. to de-escalate some of the crazies, some Agreed. of the bad Make actors. Movies. But you and, also, and you don't de-escalate by the shunning them and attacking them and putting them in a corner where they get to grow and fester and, and and not have their bad ideas challenged. So whether it's bad actors or radicals on the left or right, we have to understand you know, that this era of you, censorship yeah, is right. essentially creating more radicals no, and more people on the you're fringe. absolutely right about that and this is what always happens like even on an individual level right like psychologically speaking it's like repression and then it comes back out in some worse form that's why you don't want to repress you know like negative feelings um but i, I do think if you're going to understand all these crazy people acting this way if you're going to understand the year that was 2020 and now into 2021 and all the craziness you really can't understand it outside the context of the lockdowns i mean it's like this is it's not a coincidence that people are acting so freaking crazy over the last nine months that just happened to be the time when we the government locked people in their homes shut down everything put them in a state of paranoia and fear about a a floating abstraction of a germ about their economic security about their their children's future people they've driven people crazy there's there's something that i'm i i I will now call lockdown derangement syndrome Hmm. and what i mean by this is There are people that I know who have gone insane, like no joke. And what I think happens is you take a couple of people, lock them in a room and strip them away from all social communications. And what happens is, let's say you have three people, persons A, B and C. Person A says something. He says one, then person two, one ups him and says two, three, four, five, six. They keep escalating the insanity between them. So I've seen this before when I was younger. There was a group of people that I knew that all they would do is hang out in their room and play video games all day and complain about a person they didn't like until it went from one day where we knew they kind of didn't like this dude. And then a month later, they were like, like around on the verge of attacking him and beating him because all they did was rile themselves yeah. up. Yeah. There are people that I know who have been locked up for months that have literally just snapped talking crazy conspiracies. You've got the Q people on the right, but you've got equal elements of this on the left who just have wound themselves up into psychotic lockdown conspiracies because they've had no communication with regular people to normalize those. Yeah, dude, you're yeah. absolutely right. Dude, have you ever like had, you know, like we, we probably all had this, right? Like in the last like four or five years or something where you could be like, you know, like on a YouTube journey or on Twitter or something like that. And you're literally, you know, you're hearing like some crazy woke leftist and then you're, you see like some white nationalist alt right type and you see like all these videos and you're like oh my god this country's like on the verge of a race war but then you go to the supermarket yes. and like mm-hmm. some black <laughs> right. guy walks in front Every of you time. and he's like oh pardon me and you're like no go ahead sir you're fine yeah, 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 and then yeah. you're like oh, you know what I think yeah. we're fine I, I think yeah. but like if you just yeah. and so when people are just isolated and it's just the mediums of like YouTube and Twitter and this it's yeah. easy to start losing perspective yeah. we lost that uh, that illusion we it's it, we lost that reality because we no longer are social creatures and we need mm-hmm. to be social and the less social we are the less better off we are as human beings, especially with, with our mental health, with our physical health, we are meant to be uh, community-oriented individuals. That's in our DNA. That's how we pretty much were, were the, uh, our entire existence. The way I describe it is right now, I, so uh, I, I mentioned this a couple times, but this past weekend, I did less content. And it's because every time I would open up Twitter, it would just be like opening an app and then screaming, ah! That's all it was. People saying, like, it's insurrection, it's sedition, it's terror, you know, purge the criminals, they should be locked up. And I'm like, dude, shut up. It is not the apocalypse. Ted Cruz is not a traitor. Calm down. But they won't 
stop. Yeah. They have they have gone insane. They've been isolated for too long. And the only window to the world they have is the screaming face in their like the phone, just screaming at them the whole time. Or a government that in Los Angeles now is telling them to wear masks inside of their own. They're homes. going oh, insane. Yeah. They're getting they're, the crazy thing to me is. What this has really exposed and has surprised me is the lack of mental fortitude among the average person in this country, which I must say right now, I have overestimated most of my life. And now what I'm starting to realize is that a lot of people break down much more quickly than I realized. I don't blame them for doing it. Yeah. But without other humans to interact with, people snap. I think they start we, thinking I, crazy things. I think I, uh, I agree with you. And I, I think I also underestimated the importance of some of the things that I probably thought of as trivial. You know, like just like sports or your bar or something that you might look at as just like, oh, whatever, this is just kind of a stupid waste of time anyway. And then you're like, nah, actually, maybe it's really important. Maybe people right. really need that, like, the, you know, that like going to a football game yep. and going to a bar and like doing these these silly things that Americans do, but that actually do keep us human yep. in some way. And yes. when you take that all away from everybody, um, things get pretty ugly. I mean, look, when the when the Black Lives Matter riots first started, that was the only game in town. Yeah. There was yeah. literally nothing else open. And there was yeah. nothing you but, could but do, on. but you could go riot. You couldn't go outside. Yeah. But you could go out and riot. Right. I mean, so it was almost kind of like, and then I'm trying, you're thinking about it and you're like, well, look, a lot of these are like kids, you know, I mean, maybe like young twenties or something, but they're kids. And I think back to like me, like now I'm at like in, in my mid thirties, I'm a father. I'm kind of in a different place, but I imagine what taking away hanging out. Well, would have been to me at 20 suicides were spiking but look what happened when people were on lockdowns who were they held captive by they were held captive by their phones by social media which has a historical trend of showing a direct correlation with the destruction of people's mental health there's a direct rise there's a direct correlation with the advent of the social media atmosphere with of course mental health going down in so many different ways in so many different categories that it's absolutely terrifying and now you're locked down and forced to just be on that one single institution that's controlled by some oligarchs that fine-tune what you see and what you don't see. I mean, that's a lot of power. And then these individuals are coming to us now saying, just give us more power. It's okay. We're going to keep you safe, guys, as they destroy and rot mental health for the last decade. They're doing it now on an extreme level. We need to tell people, if you're listening, meditate. That's what I was saying earlier. You know, this weekend, I did a segment and then we, uh, we drove like an hour and a half onto the middle of nowhere. Went to a lake, no cell service, started a little fire with some rocks and just chilled. There was some ice on the lake. We threw rocks at it. It was a whole lot of fun. <laughs> you know, Luke's dog was running around, getting all yeah. wet and being all silly, and we so couldn't cute. connect to the internet. And I thought it was just great looking around at the emptiness and the beauty of nature and just calming down. You know, my other idea is maybe we should create an app that is Twitter. But when you open it, it screams. So you don't want to be looking at it. You're like, I want to check Twitter, but it's going to be really loud. And it's going to be screaming at me. Insults you and curses I, I, you. I'll tell you this, man. I, I'm half joking when I say it, but I said, here's my compromise for all the censorship. Just ban social media. Just get rid of it. For it's everyone. made people yeah. gone, go insane. It's, it's Look, the grifter thing is real. There are grifters. There are people who have built careers off just saying the most inflammatory thing possible to get followers. And then you, the funny thing is you have the, you have the like the second layer, the grifter who accuses the other person of being a grifter, creating a grifter loop feedback where then they make money off accusing the other person. And it is just a psychotic. It is a, it is a psycho psycho producing machine where people lose their minds out of context clips, clips that can't be put in context because Twitter only allows a certain number of characters anyway. And then people go on Twitter for news and commentary and opinion and they're going nuts. 
seeing the worst of humanity highlighted on a highlight reel showing you don't trust the other person they're going to get you sick they're going to they're going to yeah. steal from you they're going to rob from you they're going to hurt you don't trust anyone around you your corporate overlords will tell you what to do just serve them blindly and everything will be fine that's a so, so, larger so, message that's being put out there by your social media feed but people don't even realize so it. so here's the thing though it is it has often been said and let me let me know if you disagree that the right knows what the left is thinking the left doesn't know what the right is thinking the right thinks the left is misguided the left thinks the right is evil and i've noticed that my friends who are very left when they watch news the only videos of trump supporters they see are the worst of the worst they've not interacted with trump supporters you know why it makes sense they don't live in these er- in these areas trump supporters they're they're all over the place but many in more suburban and rural areas People who live in cities are in cubicles locked up and they can't get out and they're not going to bump into a Trump supporter for the most part. And if they do, they wouldn't admit it. So they don't know. They see a video of like, you know, some crazy fat redneck guy screaming about how he refuses to wear masks and he's spitting on people. And they're like, that's Trump and his supporters not realizing that you also have like little old soccer mom who's just going out to buy a gallon of milk, who's also voted for Trump and supports him a great deal. They don't know that. So I see these people on the left completely clueless and assuming everyone on the right is the is pure evil. And then I see on the right, they understand that there are just mindless, what they call default liberals. So bridging that gap is, is, is the problem. But I think it ultimately comes down to, once again, the media. You've got people who just blindly trust the mainstream media, and you have people who don't. So how does this work? Well, the people who are watching or listening to this podcast have sought it out. They've gone to YouTube. They searched for it. Someone recommended it. They decided to check it out. On the other side, you have people who just turn on CNN and whatever Wolf Blitzer says is law. If you're only listening to the likes of CNN, you're probably going insane. If you're going on YouTube and seeking out content, it's possible there's a lot of people who found crazy channels went crazy too, but you're more likely to get a different array of content on YouTube. But people were shaped, people were groomed by these new algorithms, whether by YouTube or by Facebook, who started to work with, quote, authoritative sources. And slowly but surely, people started getting more Wolf Blitzer, more Anderson Cooper, and less the average person no, that's them. That doesn't work. The average person that, that, that is like them, that, that shares an idea that's unique, that's not a corporate that's not, slogan. That's not working on YouTube. YouTube has created, like, you know, special authoritative sources, and they're all thumbs down into oblivion. Yeah. Why? You cannot take an inquisitive person and feed them fake news and have them accept it. They yeah. watch Wolf Blitzer and they go, well, this is wrong. I'm not going to watch this. And then they come to this show. By, by the very nature of the structure, the people who are watching your show want to think and the people who are watching Wolf Blitzer's show want to be told what to think. But, but think about it's just kind of like the type of person you get there. And so if you get the type of person that's interested in your show and you try to give them that, it's just not going to work. But I do think that – look, you're right about what you said about the right understanding the left more than the left understands the right. There's actually like scientific studies that right. can demonstrate that pretty conclusively. But I think the big problem that's staring everyone in the face in America right now that we're either going to fall apart or find a way to work through is that – and I think on some level everybody knows this that this whole thing doesn't work anymore and from my perspective now I'll, I'll admit this is my bias i'm a libertarian but from my perspective the big central problem here is that the government got way too powerful and way too big and when you have this much power rooted in washington dc now the fact that we have drastically different cultures in the country which has always been true brooklyn and alabama have never been the same thing right. you know what i mean but now It's this huge center of power that really was tremendously built up in the Bush and Obama and Trump years. 
And now one side gets control of it and rules over the other side, or the other side gets control and rules over the other side. So now you have to fight a civil war over who gets control of this. Every four years. Yes. And at a certain point, Americans are going to have to say, do we really want to do this anymore? Because the only alternative to this is some form of decentralization. So it could be as drastic as secession, where we just go, hey, we don't need to all be one country. I mean, we hate each other's guts. Why are we a country? What are we, what are we benefiting from? Mm-hmm. From being in a country with like one side looks at the other side as baby murderers and the other side looks at the other side as Nazis. It's like, okay, so why are we together? Would you ever be in a friendship with someone who you well, thought so, that about? Or the other answer, it's short of secession, is just decentralization. To scale back the power of the central federal government, allow state and local governments to have more authority, let people understand we all have to accept that in Portland, they're not going to live the same way that they do in Florida and, lot, yep. and lots and, of other and, examples. And, and, and this is why it won't work. Because California is inviting of non-citizens into the country. And there are porous borders between California and the surrounding states. And that means that if you live in, say, Nebraska, you have a very real uh, threat to your laws if there are people who can enter easily. So let's say Nebraska says we don't allow, you know, illegal immigration. They can enter in easily through California. There's no security. And they can easily pass from there into another state and then come into Nebraska. So then what do we get? Do we get state borders where they checkpoint? Well, no, it all depends on the employment laws. Some countries benefit from uh, literally what I would say is akin to human slavery and allow immigrants to come in and work for pennies on the dollar. Other states don't allow it and say, hey, if you don't, if you're not a citizen, you can't really work here. And they don't incentivize this kind of corporate slavery of, of the immigrant class that essentially in my opinion, exploits them and creates a lose-lose situation for everyone. Well, yeah. all you have to do, honestly, is not make it illegal to discriminate. So you just have to get rid of laws that, it, like, you don't need these force association laws. And you can basically just say that, like, look, people have a right to discriminate and not let certain people into their communities, hire them at their businesses. Not And now, under current situations, you'll have big, fat lawsuits, but you'd have to get rid of that stuff. But the pitch to California would have to be something like, look, you guys can have everything you want if you're your own state. I mean, you got the votes for all of it. Now, the problem they're going to have is it's all going to fall apart and none of it's going to work, which they've already experienced yeah, with right. like their, yeah. their train system and the Medicare everything. for all proposals and everything. Yeah. Like it just doesn't work. But you're going to the only way I understand what you're saying. It's just not going to work. And, and you're right. There's there's a lot of reasons to think it's not going to work. But this isn't going to work either. Yeah. What we're currently the, doing. The, the, and so you, you have to almost go like, well, look, the pitch has to be. How much more of this can we keep doing? Because, by the way, look, Trump, the next Trump might be 10 times worse than Donald Trump. He might actually be what the left thought Donald Trump was. Well, you know, like the the, the Republicans aren't uh, the likelihood that a Republican, as we know, today wins in four years, I think, is slim. What will end up happening is the Republican in four years will be kind of like a center left individual by today's standards. So, well, I should say by a true center left individual. And it's because. If someone like Trump, let's say we got somebody who had very, very similar policies, but was not, uh, you know, abrasive and was Mm -hmm. very charismatic, the media would annihilate them. They would say it's a smooth talking lie, just another Nazi. Look, his policy is the same as Trump. It would never work. So what's consistently happened is that the right has been being is being pulled left every step of the way because they're desperate to appease the media. Well, that's not the right as much as it is the Republican establishment. But that's very true for the Republican establishment. And this is why they're they're smoked. 
It's not because of Trump. It, Trump didn't destroy the Republicans. Trump brought a whole bunch of new people into the yes. Republican Party. Trump just got them more votes than they've ever gotten on a presidential ticket. So it's not it's not that Trump destroyed the party. The problem is that the Republican Party deserves to be they they have nothing to stand on. Right. Like like what can the Republicans What does Mitch McConnell stand well, for well, at this point? Right. If you if you take and Trump Lindsay out Graham. of the picture, what what is the Republican Party can they say that they what have they conserved? Have they have they nope. protected the Constitution? Do they have <laughs> do they have claim to the Bill of Rights? Do they uh, have claim uh, to well, limited re- government? Reducing the deficit, right? Look, reducing the, the government. Do they have any claim to yeah. small government? Do they have any claim to tradition of any sense, uh, cultural yeah. tradition? They yep. stand for what the left stood for ten years ago. Exactly. That's all they exactly. ever stand for. There's yeah. there, none of them would have the courage to oppose gay marriage. By the way, I'm not I'm for gay marriage i'm not saying they should i'm just saying they don't have a claim that's what to, i mean to anything look at look at uh, mccain and you know mitt romney and we go back all those years and where their stances were on cultural issues and now look what the republican party is today for i think there's good things because i agree like I'm, I'm for gay marriage and i'm for you know freedoms and, and civil liberties and things like that i actually lean left a lot on, on on social issues too i just think the woke left is particularly authoritarian about it but w- one of the things jack murphy brings up is that it was the Republican Party accepting gay marriage that allowed him to actually vote Republican and, and support Donald Trump in four years. Oh, there, there will be a Republican, I'm sure, and they will be substantially more progressive and more woke than anyone today. In fact, they probably will be to a certain degree woke. Yep. They'll probably be kind of like me, where it's like they used to be a liberal. They're kind of left on some issues, but they're called far right. Yeah. And they'll still get attacked and destroyed in the media. I don't see how they'll actually win, even if they do move left. Well, the left made a very important strategic move by aligning themselves with big tech and saying, you guys could do whatever you want, but you got to work with us. And they do work yep. in tandem in such a way that's it's even yes. entangled with the CIA. But again, you made a very good point. The Republicans are pretty much Democrats 10 years ago. And the bigger point you made is the common sense solution to all of this. If you have the big government, just decentralize it. Let people live how they want to live individually because when you have a government that has enough money to give to other countries that means they're taking too much money away from their taxpayers they're too powerful and and they should be scaled to size where people get to have their individual expression of liberty their individual expression of culture do what you want to do if you're california if you're, if you're new york city but if you're alabama let alabama do alabama well, let so them here, do whatever they want to do here's here's the problem the people who live in give me a red state texas Right. A large portion don't want abortion to be legal. Right. Issues like that. They've, they say abortion is murder. It is violence. And they won't allow that in their country. So they will continue to fight at the federal level for Supreme Court justices to overturn what they view as abhorrent and what should be illegal activity. The left will say we can't allow them the controls of federal government over everybody. Listen. But the federal if, government no, could just stop, say it's listen, a state issue. No, they can't because the left will say we, uh, the right will say we are not going to allow New York to murder babies. Yeah, but you know no, what? No, I don't no. think you're right about that because the right has been losing for so long that just l- allowing Texas to ban abortion would be such a Probably. huge win for them. Probably. There's already it's like yeah, guys. Either way, they can murder babies in New York. Okay, but at yeah. least now under this system, yeah. they're not going to be murdering them in your area now. And, and you know then, what? I think that would actually please a lot of right wing people in Texas. And, then, and yeah, it would piss off left wing people in New and York. They would still go for the reins of federal power to tell Texas what to do. 
Yes, probably. Because that's in the fucking Because leftist, the federal government incentivizes it. That's in the leftist if, yeah. uh, mindset. <laughs> if the federal government doesn't incentivize it and doesn't say, we're going to rule for everyone, then it's a state-by-state state issue. And individuals could say, I want to live in New York City where I have these freedoms, or I want to live in Texas where I have these different freedoms. But we should focus on protecting freedoms yeah, but I, rather than limiting I, them. Listen, I completely agree with you, but I also think that this is getting to a point where this is less like an ideological preference or a suggestion, and this is more like a doctor telling you you need a blood transfusion. Yes. Now, you might say like, well, I don't know how we're going to get this blood transfusion, and it might be hard to do. It's like, okay, well, you're going to die. Like, yes. th this is not a right, joke. Right, right. This country is on a suicide mission right now. And everybody knows that. This isn't a game anymore. It's, I remember back in the, in the Ron Paul days, right? Ron Paul used to always basically say that. I mean, those weren't his words, but he would basically say, this country's on a suicide mission. Like, this is an unsustainable path. It wasn't just like, look, I'm a libertarian and I have this ideology and I think we should all live this way. He was telling you that this system is doomed to fail. And back then, even when he convinced me of it, it was still kind of an abstraction. It was a concept. Now we're seeing it. We're watching it. This country is on a suicide mission and this is the only solution to it. So yeah. we have to try somehow to move in that direction because the truth is what you were saying about a, a right winger or a Republican winning, you're right and you make good points. But the, we are going to go in a populist direction one way or the other for the simple reason that this type of corruption that just screws over the average person so much always leads yeah. to populism. Yeah. You can't that what we just had this last year was the biggest transfer of wealth from the middle class to the upper yep. upper class in human history. I mean it's just been an attack on small businesses and massive bailouts for big corporations, big banks. Um they're all and doing the inflation great. of our currency, the uh, yes. printing of currency. Well, and that and that goes right along with the same trend. I mean when the new money gets created it always goes to yeah. the top first and they get all of the wealth. They, they extract wealth from the poor and the middle class. And when you have that scenario, of course, someone like Bernie Sanders or someone like Trump who speaks to the average guy that hey, let's take this whole thing on and win for you, even if they both have some idiotic ideas of how to to do that, um, that's always going to be popular. And then what that requires is more government suppression in order to suppress the populist voices. So we're going to be in this cycle that's going to kill us unless you know, we decentralize. Well, they milked this you know, country I, to the tune of $28 trillion. There's no going back from that. Yeah. The larger so, economic ramifications are terrifying. The way I view what's been happening is we're two sides continually trying to build a tower to see in the other direction, right? Let me mention it this way. You've got two buildings. And the people on top are like, I want to see the other side. I want to see the mountains. Well, I want to see the ocean. So the left builds a little higher and now they can see the ocean. So the right says, well, now I can't see. So they keep going up. Eventually the towers are getting so big. They're starting to sway back and forth. And the bigger they get, the more they sway, the more violent it becomes. And then eventually they both snap and collapse and crush under their own weight. That's what's happening. If this escalation keeps occurring until someone finally says, I'm going to stop. But you know what? People aren't going to stop. You know why? I believe in freedom, free expression, individual liberties, individual rights, the Constitution. I don't like authoritarianism, be it from corporations or the government. And there are people on the left who think the government should mandate what people do because the planet is doomed. They think we're on a collision course with the planet. The planet's going to explode. And so they're willing to destroy your life and sacrifice you for the greater good. It's a very utilitarian versus deontological argument. You have people on the left saying the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And then you have many people on the right saying any act against an individual is an amoral act that cannot be, you know, uh, conducted. So ultimately what that leads to is one side saying, I will not let you destroy this planet. And the other side saying, I will not let you oppress individual rights. No one is going to back down from that fight. 
Or would, would you say, you know what? In the interest of peace, I will allow the left to continue their expansion of authority and wokeness and, and then all that. They're doing it now. Well, anyway. I mean, what, so, so you would. But what's you, the actual? The, but what's the actual proposal there? So, in the interest of peace, would I say that Portland can go as woke as they want to, as long as they don't no, force that, that, that on the rest the, of the country? No, that they take the rest of the country over and instill their ideology over everyone else. To no, fighting. no, yeah. that that I think needs to be fought against. I mean, because and they that say the same is, thing. They, and, and yeah, you see, you see the point. Yeah. Why? Why would I say to the woke authoritarian communist types that I'm going to let them oppress people? I won't. I'll say, look, in Portland, I've I've actually uh, where I was earlier the year in the year was like shut it down. That's crazy. And now I'm kind of like eh, it's Portland. They voted for it. They must want it. Who am I to intervene? But to inf- to to put that on the rest of the country to see the woke left call for the things they're calling for when they're like. It's it's the it's the most it's the craziest thing when I hear them say, all we want to do is give the right wingers health care, but they're so dumb they don't understand it. And it's like no, maybe you don't understand. They don't want to live by your rules. Yeah, look, I'm with you, okay. And it's uh, it's kind of like it's the challenge is daunting. You know what I mean? And it's like, but it's worth attempting. And to me, what you, do you mean the like o- a peaceful? Yes, right, the right, only right. the only option that we have. Is to, as we were talking about before, that a military confrontation with the most militarized government ever is not going to work and, and it will just lead to bloodshed. All we have is the power of ideas. And the truth is that there is still a remnant of decency in the human spirit. And a lot of people are, there is a huge movement of people who are turned off by, by the woke stuff. There's a huge movement of people who are turned off by a lot of the just swampiness of the establishment in general. The problem is that the other side always scares them back into their base. Right. So a lot of the kind of like liberal left who doesn't like the woke stuff. And there's a lot of them out there. I, I think the vast majority of them are silent because they're kind of cowards about it, um, which I think is part of the personality type of the liberal left in general. But that, so they're too cowardice to ever be called racist. But then they see Trump and they're like, okay, well, I, this guy's too gross for me. So I'm just going to stick in this kind of camp here. Or nine, some of them might walk away. Yeah, well, that's We're true. Like, I'm going to vote for this guy. That, that is true too. But the truth is that you have to find different ways to attack this stuff. And, and what doesn't get confronted enough to me about the the whole woke movement is that like like people battle it and how stupid it is and and that's kind of easy and and it's true and it's just it's divisive and it's racist and it's horrible and it's also just really really dumb like it's really really dumb it, it, you can this is why ben shapiro got so popular because he'd Seriously. battle their woke ideas and and people would just look at him and be like this is so like absurdly ridiculous he can just shred these ideas up but what's not mentioned enough is what is actually going on here and how brilliant the whole woke movement was. It's like, why do you think this stuff is pushed by government and big corporations and big banks at the highest level? Like, why is it? It's like, well, what was the left doing 10 years ago? You know, say whatever you will about the left. 10 years ago, the left was standing outside the big banks screaming, (laughs) we are the 99%. You think that got some attention out of people, do you think it's crazy that all of a sudden they have completely thrown you off the scent now and just have you focusing on microaggressions? Just imagine, like I, I, I was saying this uh, to when I was on uh, Rogan uh, a couple weeks ago to him, where I was like, imagine you're uh, Goldman Sachs exec, right? And you have Bernie Sanders coming up and he's going, there should be no billionaires. And you're like, huh. And then some other like woke kid comes up and goes, I want to talk about microaggressions. 
I think you'd be like, yeah, I have a microaggressions guy has something he wants to say. Let's, let's focus on that guy. That's the, so this has all been just to pull the wool over the, the eyes yeah. of the left because the left, when it's at its best, is actually a threat to th- this power structure. Yeah. I want to, I want to show you guys this comic because, uh, it's great. And I've mentioned it before. It's a man sitting at a desk outside his window. It's a business guy sitting at his foofy desk with his things, his, you know, his degrees on the wall. And outside is a bunch of people protesting, holding a big sign, Occupy Wall Street, Stop Corporate Greed, Fat Cats. And the man inside is smirking on the phone and he says, introduce them to identity politics. And I remember because I was at Occupy Wall Street, as was Luke, when this started happening, when it went from we are the 99 percent, the big banks have extracted the wealth of the people for too long to all of a sudden twinkle fingers, progressive stack. If you're white, you're not allowed to speak. And when we look at all of their kind of woke ideology, it's meant to divide and conquer. Whether it's your family members, whether it's your race, whether it's your sex, whether it's your identity, whatever little category they could put you in to make you feel different and make you fight someone else who is not on your side, intersectional identifying as it or this or whatever you want to do. You're creating essentially packs that are meant to drive wedges into our modern day culture so we're at each other's throats. Understanding yes. and, and being and, afraid to talk to each other is, because you don't want to offend someone if you use the proper pronouns or yeah. not. What kind of civilization and society are we living in where we can't even say, hey, you, buddy, bloke, whatever. <laughs> There's a guy in the UK who went to jail for calling someone a bloke. And this uh, is why yeah. this is why the left eats itself. It is not a bug. It is a feature mm-hmm. of what they do. They don't want them to ever actually be able to unify around anything cohesive. So everything they do is offensive. My, my favorite moment in this whole nonsense was when one organization came out. It was like International Organization for Women or something. Some, I forgot what it's called, what the name was. And they said Wimixen. W-O-M-X-N. Wimixen. That's, I don't know. And they say it's pronounced Wimix. And they got attacked by the left. And they said that using the word Wimixen is offensive because you are implying you need a special word for trans women, but trans women are women. How dare you say this? So then they apologized and put it back to women and they still got flack. Because women is an old patriarchal term that separates the the genders that don't exist. And the the point is... They've created an ideology that is attacking itself on purpose so that it can't unify against but anyone. They, well, this is another thing. We used, the- to, we used to talk about uh, facts. We used to talk about evidence. Now we're talking about what are you? What's your identity? And I get attacked on this nonstop on Twitter. You're a misogynist. You're, I mean, I'm like, I'm, well, you I, are I, a white I, male, I choose so. <laughs> not to even engage in that because I'm like, let's talk about the merits of this debate. And people don't. They well, yes, but it's, it's, it, it's, look, they've turned the best aspect of the left against the left and made it a vice rather than a virtue. In the same sense that, look, what they did with the, the, the terror wars was they turned the right wing impulse to be tough and protect your country and defend the Bill of Rights, this really beautiful, noble thing. And they turned that into slaughtering poor people in third world countries. Yep. They take this noble thing and they make it evil. They're geniuses. And what they've done is they take this leftist kind of impulse to care about the marginalized, which in its purest form is a good thing, something that a society, a a moral society needs. And they've turned this into attacking everyone for every stupid reason. But it's it's to Luke's point. This is the perfect like it's the perfect divide and conquer tactic that that can never you you can make sure that they never focus on the fact that. We have more in common with each other than we ever will with Donald yeah. Trump what or I, Joe and Biden. And when they're fighting okay, each other, the corporations bro, do whatever bro. they want. And what I've said before is that 
when we had these civil rights groups that were fighting against racism, fighting for, for, for social justice, civil rights, it was kind of like an immune, immune response. We had something bad and we said, it's not, we're not going to succeed if we're divided all the time. And so this movement emerged for equality under the law in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, followed by Loving v. Virginia, which said, under the law, we are all Americans and we, and that is our identity, American citizens. Then we, we start to get uh, an immune overreaction. Now these people are looking for racism everywhere. They still are operating under this like immune response, but it's more now like an autoimmune disorder attacking healthy cells, thinking it's a diseased cell. And that's when a living creature dies. There are numerous disorders that are like that an overactive targeting the wrong thing and destroying it. Okay. Just really quickly is a very quick story, but, uh, is my, my buddy, uh, Scott Horton, who I don't know if you know him, but he's a genius. He's the managing editor at, uh, antiwar.com. He's the greatest. Uh, anyway, you guys check out Scott Horton if you don't know who he is. Um, but he was telling me this story and this is a great example of like how they, they divide us with this stuff when we should all be together. But it was at the Bundy Ranch standoff mm-hmm. and he was talking to one of these, I forget, but it was one of the like leaders in the Black Lives Matter movement at the time. And he was basically telling this lady, he was like, you guys should stand with the Bundy ranchers because you guys have so much in common here and you could unify and make it like a left and right thing and really focus on who the enemy is and uh she showed him a picture and it was one of the bundy ranchers had a f um blm shirt on and he goes no see (laughs) they hate us they hate everything we stand for and he goes no 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 that's bureau of land management (laughs) aka the cops yeah they yeah. hate the cops. Right, right, like, right. They're the same as you. <laughs> it's literally just a different version trying, of the same thing. Trying to explain the Bundy thing to people is funny because it, it yeah. comes up all the time. I'm like, yeah, they were they were criticizing BLM and they're like, Black Lives Matter? And I'm like, no, 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 Bureau of Land Management. And they're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> like, yeah. Other, in other words, the federal cops. Like, it's, right, like, right, it's right. the same thing. It's just literally people who are saying that they want to live their lives. And there are these federal agents who are coming through and it, bringing violence to them for no justifiable reason. And that is something that could unite people. Yep. But you got to me, the way it, to attack the, the woke stuff is more than just calling it stupid and smashing it because that's just been done to death at this point is to let good, decent leftists know that they have fooled you with this. And they have, and they are laughing at you. Yeah. Those same bankers are cracking up laughing that you're talking about white supremacy mm-hmm. rather than talking about banker bailouts, we, which is a we, much we, more we real Listen. thing. We went from Occupy Wall Street, we are the 99%, angry over the bailouts for the big banks that ripped us off, screwed us, destroyed the retirement accounts. And in the first week of Occupy, there was unity. There were older conservatives there. There were libertarians there. People like Luke, Ron Paul libertarian types were down there saying, we agree, the establishment, the big banks, etc. Once it turned woke, we are now 10 years on, almost 10 years. And what do we get? I guess, basically, as you mentioned, there... We're now witnessing the largest transfer of wealth in human history, and the left is in favor of it. Well, right, because and but what has the left gotten? So you get the largest transfer of wealth in human history, so much of it going to these big bankers, but they will send their white execs to diversity training. There you go. So that's yep. what you got out of all. And, they and, bought and, you and off. Uh, 
for wait, the cheapest gesture. Wait, wait, but, but, the military industrial complex. Comp, uh, the military industrial complex is now run by women. That's right. Mm. Oh yeah. Bravo, everybody, uh-huh. ladies. Excellent. You are the new warmongers. Women can do it too. Yes. Uh, the bombs that are going to be dropping on Yemen are going to be dropped by the orders of a woman. So everything uh, 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 is uh, uh, saved. Uh, uh, Everything's uh, 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 great. And manufactured by the women. Exactly. Ordered yes. by the U.S. federal government, and potentially it's female vice well, president. You, well, you brought, oh, and and, and yeah. she's a woman of color. Well, you brought up something that I've been talking about, and I think we've been talking about for a number of years now. We've seen the writing on the wall. We've seen it slowly incrementalized. And we have to understand also, these people are very patient. They know they see threats. And one of the biggest threats against them is people coming together, realizing that they have a lot more in common than they have different and working together towards helping themselves, benefiting themselves, but also not becoming victims to the machine, the system, the multinational corporations, the government, whoever it may be. I think it's obviously a fact that people are getting screwed over more than ever. You can't deny that. How best can you keep them in a way where they're, they don't notice it? Keep them in a, con- temp- uh, a constant state of fear, of, of fighting, of, of not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. And I think this is the stage that we're at right now. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And I also think that this uh, great suppression on social media is something that they've been very patient about and has been in the works for a while because this has been the chink in the armor for quite a while. Like if you were to look at the establishment uh, – another uh, fuck – Great economist. <laughs> Great economist. Trying so an, hard. I, I really am. It's so hard for me. It's like I could do the first half hour pretty good, but after that, it's really <laughs> You're hard. Breaking down. Uh, but this great economist, Bob Murphy, made this uh, hilarious video years back. This was like, must have been like 2013. And he was uh, like mocking being the advisor to the ruling elite. Like if he was going to come in and basically give them like, you know, like uh, a report of what his, his advice to them to do is. And he, you know, and he's like, okay, uh, ruling elite, by the way, doing a great job. Uh, you know, control the currency, you control public education, you control the corporate press, you control the military, you can bomb whoever you want to. You guys really just doing an unbelievable job. But you got this problem. And it's the internet. And like, there's this really big issue here. And it's not just that somebody can say on social media, hey, I think Hillary Clinton is completely full of it. But then people can also look at it and go, huh, that got 10,000 likes. Yeah. Oh, wow, there's 10,000 more people who agree just with me and just with this guy. And this has been the biggest Achilles heel for the ruling elite. And so, of course, they have to try to plug this up. So for all the negative stuff that we were saying before about social media, which is all very real, um, it is also kind of our only hope. Right. It's kind of our only hope that some of these ideas can spread without when, the gatekeepers. When are, when, you know what, man? There was a, a meme or a video put out by a left-wing personality of people setting up a guillotine in front of uh, – it was like in uh, – can't remember. what what was it guatemala what's mexico yeah it was mexico yeah yeah they set up a, a, a guillotine guillotine whatever you pronounce it in front of a, a, a government building and they were like you know hey the right you could we could be doing this together and i'm kind of like well i'm not a fan of the robespierre style just randomly pulling people out of government buildings or anything like that and i think we need trials because trials make make a make a statement to the people about what we tolerate but yeah the left and the right don't like what what the establishment is doing and the right and the left absolutely could at least agree on that much and say, how about we all vote for one thing? You know, it's interesting that we saw, uh, you know, Brett Weinstein's unity party get censored because they don't like that over target. Yep. They don't like yep. exactly. They don't like that. stuff. I mean, look, there Bring has to be right together. Ha- there are some issues, right, that you just you couldn't imagine would not get overwhelming support. And like like just to take one really easy one end corporate welfare. 
Yeah. I mean, you cannot tell me that no more corporate welfare. Every freaking billionaire in this country is on welfare. So don't give me arguments. <laughs> don't give me arguments about socialism versus capitalism. This is the absolute worst of both well, I, that I, no I, one know, supports. I got I to gotta give a shout out to Shuan Head because she tweeted, uh, she said, uh, Rido's, this is what Bezos took from you. And it was parlor shut down. And she was like, uh, how about we get revenge by redistributing his wealth? I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, I'm sure a lot of conservatives are going to be like, do it. Yeah, well, that's right. But at at the very least, even if you're not advocating going and taking what they have, how about don't take from the middle class taxpayers and give to them? I mean, can we at least like you can't tell me that wouldn't get 90 plus percent approval, but no one is there's no political will to do it. The bailouts, the big banks from all these different uh, companies. But really, the omnibus bill was kind of like. It was no longer that people were being pissed on and being told it was raining. They were now looking up and seeing who was doing it. And I'm like, left and right, you guys can hug on this one, right? Yeah. And be like, look, you can argue about whether or not someone's the right identity or whether they hold the right beliefs. But can we all agree right now they're peeing on us and we should stop them from doing it? Yeah. Then afterwards, we'll, t- we'll, get, we'll take a shower. We'll get some new clothes. Then we'll go back to arguing. But for the time being, you can see what's going on, right? Can you? I I, I said on my show, um, and it's it was like you know a couple of weeks before the Capitol Hill, th- uh, the Capitol building thing. But I said it felt like they were daring the American people to revolt. Seriously? Like it felt like yeah. after after nine months of locking people in their home, destroying businesses, and they're sitting here going. Mm, we'll give you 600. All right. I mean, I guess we could consider giving you a little bit more than that. Uh, by the way, Israel's up to 3 billion this year. And you're almost like, are you like, are yeah. you actually like daring people? Because you are pushing people to a direction where understandably they're going but, to but, lose yeah, it. But they don't care. You know why? Because they know that an individual will react emotionally without strategy that will benefit them. Yeah. In the end, yeah. storming the Capitol gave them everything. everything. Trump said peacefully cheer on politicians because Trump, I genuinely believe, thought that they were going to go and and he he was going to get his, you know, complaints heard. Well, what do you even think his like, did you listen? He's a a doctor. Well, I'm sure you uh, listened to the the phone call that got put out that he had with the uh, the secretary of state of Georgia. And it was one of the things to me. And I've basically been saying for a while, you know, this thing that I said earlier, that Trump isn't what the left projects onto him. He isn't what the right projects onto him. He just is what he is. He's what we always knew he was. He's Trump. But even for me going in like that, I was so blown away how much he was just Trump on the phone call. Like there was no direction even. (laughs) There was no plan. There wasn't like, okay, listen, we need to focus on these three counties. And if we do this, we can take it to this court. And then I can get this overturned. And then he's literally just goes on like a rant for 15 minutes at the beginning. And he goes, you know, we had the biggest crowds. I know. And um, (laughs) all the polls said we were going to lose big. And they were all wrong. And I think we did tremendously well. And you're like, oh, my God, even behind closed doors. He's just the exact same guy. He has no other gear. There's no. So I don't really know that there. I think the plan was in Trump's mind. He's like, I'm tremendous. Biden's a loser. There's no way he won. This whole thing's rigged. I'm going to keep calling it stupid until I'm president again. And there was really no more specific plan than that. It was just like I'll I'll, like he always does. I'll tremendous and insult my way into a second term. I don't I don't know if he was actually thinking about where it was going. I think yeah. he was just expressing himself, complaining, <laughs> and telling his supporters over and over again how he felt. Yeah. And then what did he really say? We're going to march peacefully and cheer for some politicians. But people had already been storming the Capitol. So what ends up happening then is these people made a, a serious tactical error thinking that you could use violence. 
We are, yeah. you know, I had a lot of people in the comments say, oh, but Tim, look at these historical moments. And I'm like, bro, they didn't have Twitter back then. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have social media. You, you, you really have to think about this, okay? Um, you go back, man, this is crazy to think about, watching Pirates of the Caribbean, right? He comes up on that, in the first, the first movie, the boat's sinking, and he jumps in the dock. He walks up, and the guy says, what's your name? And he goes, uh, Smith. And the guy, and then he gives the guy money. And I'm like, why did he pay him? They don't have IDs. He could have literally just said Smith and carried on. But like, we're, we're in this day and age where we assume identity is like, you know, it's always proven because you always carry the ID that you'd have to bribe someone. No, you literally just lie and they could not prove it. They'd take your word for it. And there was just more trust, I suppose. But also think about what life was like back. You ever play Red Dead Redemption or Red, Red Dead Redemption 2? No. I mean, there's like in the Wild West, if you were in the middle of the desert, and you saw a dude and you just killed him and took his stuff. No one would ever find out. We're in the information age. Everybody knows exactly what's happening, and people don't tolerate those kinds of things. They didn't then, they don't now, and now everyone can know about it. Which means you win by having the moral high ground and proving you are just and correct and right and outwitting your political rivals. Yeah. Not by running in, yelling, and banging on glass, and then they point at you and say, they're the problem, and this proves it. You made a very good point talking about how it was almost as if the establishment was asking for trouble with with that $600 debate that was maybe $2,000. But we also have to understand, this is on the backdrop of a lot of these politicians saying, you must be locked down. You must stay inside. Your business must close. You must lose your life and how you lived it normally before as I go out to a restaurant and spend thousands of yep. dollars <laughs> indoor dining. I'm going to get my hair cut. I'm going to do what I want. As, of course, people were just left losing everything in front of them. And we still haven't dealt with the significant financial ramification that is still not here we, from that huge, large It's going to be gone for years, dude. I was yeah. just uh, I was driving around the other day um, in a, on the Upper West Side of New York City where I, I used to live for years. Um, and I, I was like heartbreaking. I mean, like, I, I was, like, getting choked up driving where one out of every four stores that I used to go to. And, like, I know these people. Yeah. I knew their families, like, a bunch of family businesses. They're gone. This is, like, where you know, the first uh, home that I brought my daughter back to from the hospital and the little, like, bodega we used to go to and this restaurant and this. These are these are real people's lives who have been destroyed. And then these people who would who would attack you, they'd attack anybody if they were out in the street. You remember the, the what was it on it was MSNBC or CNN when they're like, look, this guy is not wearing a mask and he goes your cameraman's not wearing a mask right, yeah, right, right. you know and then had the video had the yep. cell phone video to prove it yep. and then uh, they're oh my god there's kids on the beaches probably by the way the safest place you could possibly be on the beach and then all of a sudden there's riots and you're told no that's okay yeah. yep. or a politician going out to dinner that's okay no, the, the so riots, yeah by the yep. end of the year i understand where people are like ready to to lose their minds it, well, how could you not understand well, we according to we got to go to Super Chats. Well, just really quick. According to the science, it was Black Lives Matter that stopped the spread of COVID. Yes. So That was the University yeah. of Colorado, I yeah. believe, yeah. Boulder. So, so we said, just need a little bit more riots. Yeah, and we need more riots. Said, they said, I forgot what their logic was, but that it the protest for Black Lives Matter yeah. resulted in more people being indoors, yes. which yes. slowed the spread, which makes no sense oh because they were all outdoors. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's You would jump. think they would be celebrating the Capitol attack. Let's join. <laughs> let's join, jump to Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash the like button. And also... We are in the process of smoothing out TimCast.com. So check out TimCast.com, become a member, and we're going to start producing members-only content very soon. Some people were emailing about issues with logging in. We're we're getting it all sorted, so uh, you can donate now at TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have exclusive interviews. We're going to have private events. First come, first serve. Tickets will go out to people. 
And uh, that's what you get when you sign up. So you can support the show by doing it. And uh, let's take your super chats. Again, smash the like button, subscribe, notification bell. We got Red Dragon. He says, oh, this is what I actually mentioned earlier. He says, Trump is the best president of our lifetimes and should be tried for war crimes, both unironically true. Hmm. <laughs> and we, we talked a great deal about that. And uh, I, I mean, good point. Yep. Scott Hale says, wish I could travel through timelines where the Trump, where Trump wins the election and see how the left reacts and the news justifies it. Just how drastically it would be different. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think so. Uh, the stuff we're hearing from like Project Veritas of what these people were saying about if Trump wins, it was going to be worse than what we're seeing now. No question. Sure. Let's see. Mick McHatton talking about Bitcoin so much. If you have no Internet, you have no money. Bitcoin is shadow steel. Make people change money, then shut down access. Look how easy uh, ATT bomb took out major region, except Bitcoin can be put in cold storage and transferred offline. There, there, there are ways to do it. Let's see. And, 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 and for that matter, it's like you could burn money, like you could destroy physical paper. So there's, look, someone could hack your account. There's a lot of security issues with everything. FDR just came and rounded up people's gold. I mean, right. the government can yeah, do a seriously. lot of stuff if they want to. Yep. Trent Lamalino says, Dave is the reason why I joined the Libertarian Party. Dave hit them with the skank, hit them with the skanks hands. P-O-T-P. <laughs> the Libertarian Party, man. I love that meme. Libertarian ideals versus Libertarian candidates. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of the course. Classes. Yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you, man, uh, that's that's beginning to change. There's this uh, the, the Mises Caucus in the Libertarian Party. It's like an, in, them, it's yeah. an insurrection, uh, not an insurrection, but an insurgency, I'll say, within the Libertarian Party that's really making it the home of like the Ron Paul revolution. And I'm, I'm a big part of that. And that's like I, I highly recommend people check for, that for out. For borders or against borders? The well, the the basic libertarian position is that um, that b- borders should be private. Essentially, I mean that's like the true anarcho-capitalist position. Uh, I don't know if the Mises Caucus has like a plank on borders, but what they focus on is like hardcore Ron Paul issues and the lockdowns and the wars and corporate bailouts, all that like really good libertarian stuff. Highly recommend people go check out the Mises Caucus in the right Libertarian on. Party. Drew Jones says, so glad you got Dave on. I'm very grateful to have someone like him carrying the cultural torch for libertarianism. He should be a regular with Luke. Oh, yeah. You know, whenever. Come on down. What is what is Skank Nation? Is that, oh, it's uh, my, my comedy podcast is called Legion of Skanks. <laughs> yes. Legion of Skanks. With uh, Louis J. Gomez and Big J. Ogerson, two funniest people on the planet. Political Pothead says, what's good, Dave? I live in Staten Island and just switched my party affiliation to Libertarian. I voted for Larry Sharp. Since New York needs school choice, McConnell doesn't understand his base. Trump's approval is up since Capitol. In some polls, in some polls, it's way down, depending on which one you look at. Which polls do you trust? Rasmussen has him up and, you know, Politico has him way down. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Do you know, are you familiar with Larry Sharp? Yeah, Larry Sharp ran for uh, for governor in New York. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, it was it's a pretty tough uphill battle to run as a libertarian in New York. But he called yeah. that Cuomo. It was pretty beautiful. Right Mr. Beard says Wyoming here. Congrats to Liz Cheney on her last term. She is out in two years. <laughs> Let's I wouldn't be surprised. Shalom. Uh, I don't know. Out. Mezguin says GOP is dead. Time for a new party or make libertarian a real party. I mean, maybe that's the, the the path. The problem is, you know, we had um, who was the the, the woman? I, I'm, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. No, I, I can. <laughs> Joe Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen. Oh, yeah. No disrespect, but she came out with that statement about anti-racism, and I was like, Oh, did that stick out to you? Did that one bother you? Yeah. No, well, I, the, know. When, no, when, no when, I know. No, I know. I'm when, arguing when, with libertarians when, about this. When stuff. a libertarian like, says you must mm-hmm. do something, I go, Whoa. 
<laughs> well, and then <laughs> look, it was that was a really stupid uh, blunder that, by the way, I don't think was put out by her. I think was put out by whoever is managing your Twitter. But oh. there's no excuse for that when you're running a presidential campaign. Uh, yeah, that was a big mistake. And that's that doesn't that's the Libertarian not... Party oppose civil rights law like you were saying, make discrimination legal. Well, I think the the Libertarian Party or I don't know what the Libertarians would oppose one aspect of the civil rights bill well, of well, 1964, well, which is that the forced integration of private businesses and, and, and the woke left agrees. Oh, it, it actually worked really well with what George Oregon was, was saying, because in California, they tried pulling that out of their constitution, the, the non-discrimination mm-hmm. laws. They absolutely want to discriminate. They they agree for totally different reasons. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like, I guess maybe that worked. Yeah, the, it was there. There were a lot of problems in the in the presidential campaign. Joe Jorgensen is like a good person. She yeah, just she, uh, she right. didn't she didn't run a good campaign. Didn't right. she want Alan Dershowitz to be on the Supreme Court? Yeah, she put that what? out and then yeah. apologized for <laughs> yeah. it right afterward. It was look, man, like what? The, the campaign was just a mess. And yeah, she put out a list of Supreme Court nominees and he was one of them. And then everyone's like, like, what Epstein are you trying? doing? And yeah. then she was like, uh, no, actually, we take him off of it or yeah, something. It was, was, uh, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. I had uh, when I when I was voting in Jersey, they had a thing on the back where it was like write in for like school board or whatever. And I wrote in Ron and Rand Paul. Because I'm like, <laughs> there you go. I'm not going to write in and like, I'm not going to vote for someone I don't know or write in a name. And so I'm like, the only people I would actually trust not to make things worse are the people <laughs> who typically vote no on things. That's the interesting thing yes. about Ron Paul that I always really liked is that I disagree with him a lot on, on you know, certain social and cultural issues, but he was kind of like, I'm not going to vote for empowering the government. And I'm like, okay, so then you're not going to get in my way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're not going to impose on me. So why should I care about what you personally believe? You which is I mean? which is really the way it should be. And and the truth is that even if you're if you're a very culturally conservative person, um, all you have to do is look at what the government has done to this culture. They've completely destroyed it. And so, the, look, there's nothing more destructive to uh, community, to cultural bonds, to the tradition of family and religion than big government. And this is how it always works. Daniel Maxwell says, I do not think impeachment of President Trump is going to have the effect they think it will have. It could instead blow up in their faces in the worst, po- in the worst way possible, which is not good for anybody, but might be better than the alternative also. I think they need to. I, I think it's a bad idea. It's it's fruitless. It's pointless. They're not going to convict him in in time. If, if if they're worried, you know, I see this meme where they're like, "I rented out my pool house to a bunch of my friend to my friend, and a bunch of his friends trashed the place. Their lease is up in twenty days. Should I let or you know in two weeks? Should I let him stay or kick him out now?" And everyone's like, "Duh, Trump should be impeached now." Yes, the eviction process takes thirty days. Even in the real world, the analogy makes no sense. You can't evict someone right now. You have to give them a notice, and then you go through a court proceeding. And then, and then you know what happens when you try to evict them? They can actually stay longer. People yeah. don't get this. They could challenge it and ask for a continuation, and the judge might say, sure. So if they're up in, in 14 days, maybe just sit back and say, well, they'll be gone soon. They're planning on leaving. They're not happy about it. They're going to trash the place. I get it. But the alternative could be worse. They don't They don't. They don't there also it. seems to be no interest. Do you remember when uh, Jordan Peterson was on Bill Maher and he kind of like stumped the whole left wing panel when he was just like, so what's the plan? You guys want to get Trump out. What's the plan for the tens of millions of people who voted for him? Like, how do you bring <laughs> them back into society? And they're all like, um, well, and it we seems don't. like there's really no plan. Like no one's concerned about the fact that 74 million people just voted for this guy and you want to now like undo the will of the last 63 million people who yeah. voted for him and it seems like they have no interest in trying to bring those people back in the fold yep. they want to squash them Rita Ho says shout out to Luke for bringing up Taiwan we have been on our own all my life and will continue to fight by the way will Biden challenge 2A and should we expect civil war from this if he if he does so 
Yeah, I mean, that's he's one planning, of the big clash points. Well, look, he's pl- he wants to ban online sales of firearms, accessories, and ammo. He's now got the Senate and the House, and they are going to pass sweeping gun control legislation. It is going to get bad. Yeah, for all of us uh, who have been saying for a while, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, who are like, uh, you know, look, they'll never come after the guns because that'll be a civil war and they would never overreach that much. Yep. You're like, I don't know. I mean, they locked everybody in their house all year yeah. and no one really Trump, did anything about it. So maybe they will. Trump went after the guns and banned uh, bump stocks. He pretty much made a population of the United States uh, felons overnight with mm-hmm. just a decree going further than the ATF ever even wished to go. Yeah. Akipat says, Tim, Dave, the problem wasn't simply that Trump didn't understand. It's true he isn't primarily intellectual. It's that he doesn't have the connections. He isn't a connected, cool political insider. They hate him. Classism. No, but you know what? That's that's still kind of a cop out. Donald Trump put Douglas McGregor in as the top advisor at the Defense Department after the election. That this was the guy to put in to end the wars. This is like the guy. If you don't know him, go go look into him. He is the military genius guy who wants to end all of these wars. Trump knew who to put in. He just decided well, you, to put him in at the end. He didn't bring him in at the beginning. He brought Bolton in before he brought that guy in. Do you know that uh, uh, the American conservative wrote an article? I think it was uh, who, who who does that? Is that who's who's the guy who does that? The American conservative. I'm not sure. It's been a while since I read the article. He said, "Fire Bolton, hire Tulsi Gabbard." Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> She's going to stop this stuff. And Trump Trump had people around him. He had Brad Parscale telling him to get on Parler in early 2020. And Trump didn't do it. You know why? He listened to Kushner. Yeah. I roll. Yikes. Too bad. They would have been huge. And I've been saying the whole time, all Trump has to do is join any other social platform and they won't be able to ban it. Because it would be too big. It would be too much. But Trump didn't do it. They were so... The Republican Party... Donald Trump and all of these people just did not understand what was happening in this country. It is mind-boggling. Yep. 88 million people would have followed. Yeah, and it would have changed the landscape and rebalanced things. It could it, That one move of Trump being like, from now on, I'm going to be posting on Minds.com. Boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Change the landscape of social media, create real competition, and simmer tensions down between everybody. The media would be forced to report on what's happening on other platforms. Instead... Trump finally waits till the very last minute, gets nuked, and then can't do anything about it because then they go after Parler before he's a chance to even sign up. Yep. Jeez. Matthew Jock says, Bottom Gun Coffee Company wants to send you guys some free organic coffee. Keep up the excellent content and let us know if you're looking for some sponsors. Uh, always, we have a couple right now. Uh, that, that would be great. Do, uh, do, what, what, what's the email we have that people can send stuff to? We have spin the UFO. At Gmail. Spin the UFO at gmail.com. Yes. And we'll, we're going to create it. We're going to, we're going to create some new emails. So, yeah. but, uh, send us that info and then we'd love to take a look at, uh, coffee companies. That'd be fun. Brandon Icock says, Hey, Dave, somebody I used to look up to supports the, the LP, but disagrees with monetary policies they support. Said the Fed serves a purpose and voted for McCain as a conservative. Ooh. Would this put him in the loser brigade? Well, I don't know about the loser brigade, but I mean, Voting for McCain and supporting the Fed are two just damn near unforgivable things to do. But no, look, I mean, the the Federal Reserve is basically the center of this whole banking cartel. So if you really want to take on the system that is extra, that is extrapolating all of this wealth 
uh, or what's the word I'm looking for? Not extrapolating. That is extracting. Ta- extracting. Yeah, taking stealing. all of this wealth, stealing Robbing. wealth from <laughs> from the American people and giving it to this uh, the, this cartel. This is literally it's it's the lifeblood of the warfare state of the welfare state. So that's the center of it, and and has to be opposed. Strong armed robbery. I think they call yes. it. Yeah, that's, there you go. Yeah. That works. Awesome human says been lurking the Q sites to see what it's all about. They're seriously gaslighting people and creating fervor. Y'all see that Alex Jones video yes. where he finally snaps Amazing. and he's like, you're lying. Ah! Ah! Yeah. Good for him. Uh-huh. But who did he snap on? He snapped he on was talking to some people. Yeah. Something about. I saw um, Tim Dillon uh, tweet it. He goes, imagine uh, where you are at life when Alex Jones is yelling yes. at you to calm down. For real. For real. It's crazy. Uh, I, I, so, you know, for a long time, I didn't know a whole lot about it, but since it's become more recognizable and more prominent, especially with the Capitol stuff, I was reading that they, they claimed Mueller was secretly working for Trump the whole time and that it was a plot to arrest Hillary Clinton or something. Yeah. I'm like, why would you believe that? They talked about bombing Iran being a good thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's just, it was just a whole lot of nonsense though. And I've seen people share with me. I've seen people who are left share Q stuff. And I'm just like, they don't realize. They don't know what it is. No, no joke. Uh, th- like, I guess the, the, you've got these crazy conspiracies. Who, who, who are we talking about with, with this? The, uh, were, were you just saying it earlier? The left and the right? Oh, no, no, no. It was a super chat the other day where they said there are people who think that Trump is dog whistling secrets to them about supporting him for his attempt to keep the election, while the left secretly thinks that he's, whist- he's dog whistling to his Russian masters that he's actually a spy. Both of these groups have lost it. Yeah, like, like it's and not, none it's of not it, happening. And the truth is, he's just bragging about his crowd sizes. Right, right. Like right. All, it's, just, it's nothing. There were so many people there. All. They loved me. The right. radical left came. It was all them. I think it's crazy that Donald Trump does that thing where he like he he does the the pinched fingers, and from that you got people doing the OK sign. And so at some point you had I think it was Stephen Miller straightening his shirt, and they were like, "Look, he's doing a double white power sign." It's like, you know, my problem is. That the social media will ban all the Q people and claim it's because, you know, we don't allow the conspiracy stuff. But the left is going nuts with the exact same garbage. Yeah. And the other problem is that there are real conspiracies. And then anybody who wants to talk about them in a serious manner ends up being labeled with all of this other stuff. I mean, there there are like, I mean, look, getting us into the war in Iraq was a conspiracy. This was really a small cabal of people who lied us into a war. But then anytime you use the term conspiracy theory, now everybody's thinking about these genuinely paranoid schizophrenic people who believe this crazy stuff you know what man and so when i started seeing people i've known for a long time posting unhinged q level garbage because they hate trump so much they'll believe anything that comes out of you know someone's social media account i was like man now i like dude i know i know some people who went full flat earth and i'm like how how do you believe the earth is flat dude And they do. And I know people who believe that Trump really was a Russian spy and like, you don't understand. And I'm like, what happened to you, man? Donald Trump is the guy from the TV who talked about firing people. He he, he wasn't working for Russia when he was on The Apprentice, bro. Yeah. What happened? And I see all that and I'm like, man, now I totally understand why they're like, we want to ban all of these people and shut it all down. The only problem is they don't ban the left. So the reality is I'm not in favor of any of it. Let the people say the crazy so that we can ridicule it and mock it and explain to people why it's wrong. When you when they ban these people, they push them into these corners where they can only regurgitate the same thing. It's the and, and the whole thing about. and the whole thing that's so ridiculous is that these are the same people who who preach about democracy. 
And so you're like, okay, well, listen, if the good ideas can't win out in a free discussion, then how do you expect people to have the power to vote for the leaders who are going to determine the policy of what is allowed to be said? Like this is also either people are capable of doing this in a society, in an open society, or we're not. And it doesn't work. And in that case, you should just support like a dictatorship or something like that. But obviously, we all know the problems associated with that. So let's let all the ideas be expressed and let the good ones win out. I saw a tweet and they, they said, I can't remember who it was. They said, at, at some point, will the left reflect on the fact that if you have to suppress people's conversations and ideas in order to maintain, you know, your ideology, there's something deeply flawed with your ide- ideology? No, they won't. They'll just, they believe in subjective, subjective morality and they don't think, you know, they, th- they believe truth. There's no truth but power and things like that. So they'll just do what they want to be in power. Don, uh, Denine S says, Ben Shapiro made this point, but as a Gen X, I can attest that there has been growing hatred for the right for decades. Republican politicians don't fight back. When Trump ran for president, people finally saw someone who will hit back. Yep. That's for sure. All right. Let's see what we got here. It was a weak punch. Chris Brown says, for having Dave Smith on the show, the libertarian philosophy and NAP is the only hope for a better future. It's very likely the greatest accomplishment in human history. It is a philosophy that is underrated by everyone. I agree in many ways, and I wish we had more people who adhered to it. The challenge I see is a lot of countries don't. Like China's never going to agree, or they'll tell you they do. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. Non-aggression principle. That's great. And they'll go behind your back and, you know, undermine your economy. Well, look, I mean, the, the non-aggression principle is a principle. It's a moral principle that says it's, it's immoral to initiate violence against peaceful people. That's not to say that everybody's going to abide by it. But truthfully speaking, a huge part of the rise of China and the fall of the United States of America is that while we're waging war after stupid war after stupid war, Seriously. they're going around and investing in places. And this is why we're, we have an expanding empire that is destroying our country, and they have been much more stealthy in this. Now, their human you know, rights violations are, you know, abhorrent and, and awful. Um, and I think there's a strong argument that we shouldn't work with the Chinese government in any capacity that, yeah. that can help them. Um, this is but, why, this is, you know, I really like Jimmy Dore because I feel like he's one of the very few legitimate like speak telling the truth about how he feels and what he wants very lefty totally for medicare for all but he calls out the wars the corporations Mm -hmm. the crony politicians and then i look at a lot of these progressive personalities and they just toe the establishment line but they add in medicare for all yeah we agree they'll be like we like bernie go joe biden woohoo I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, the thing that I love about <laughs> Jimmy Dore, and I, I definitely disagree with him, particularly on some economic stuff. But the thing that just makes me want to salute him, like, is that Jimmy Dore is like, he'll if he supports someone because they're like against the wars, and then they go, ah, well, I mean, I guess I kind of think we should fight this war. He will just rail them the next day. Like, he is about his principles and not just, he doesn't fall into any of the, like, the tricks. He's, he's, that dude's really strong to what he believes in. Yeah. Somebody mentioned Pelosi is missing from Congress. Have you heard that? No, I'm not seeing I remember seeing a hashtag. Somebody said it had been two days since she's been there. I mean, is that is that a, is that a big deal? Yeah, I don't even know if that's normal or not. Yeah, I mean, How long yeah. does she usually They go? often have pro forma sessions and then just disappear. Yeah. She's yeah. probably exactly. just getting a haircut. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> she's at the salon. She's out partying. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe. Their big victory. Gareth Green says, do you know anything about the housing crisis in California? Policies to protect property values and so forth are quite rampant. It's classist, if not racist. I actually don't. I know they have a serious homelessness problem. Cost of living is insane. 
All right, let's see. Kyle Cameron says, you guys are so wrong, it hurts. The Republicans' comeback is 2024. <laughs> Someone also said, though, that Trump is center-left and that if they can't run him, then they're doomed. Trump is moderate. That, that's, you know, even I mentioned this, Vox.com wrote an article calling him a moderate back in, I think, 2016. Yeah, there there wasn't really too much that was super radical about Trump's uh, policies that he proposed, especially compared to other presidents. I think it was more like his personality and stuff like that. But yeah, he was kind of like an 80s Democrat. I mean, like, yeah, right. I'm kind of skeptical about wars. I want to control immigration because it drives down wages. I'm not really into these free trade deals. I mean, that could that could have been yeah. an 80s Democrat. Yep. Let's see. Uh, Max Mul- Mulvihill says, thanks for having on Michael Malice's better half. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Ryan says, BuzzFeed News is reporting Capital Meemaw was not taken at the D.C. Yeah. riot, but a picture taken in Topeka, Kansas. Yes, I heard that. Correction. Aw. We had that photo of that little old granny waving a little flag, and everybody thought it was at the Capitol, and that's my bad. I should have looked into it. I just made that assumption because, you know. I wasn't paying attention, doing a better job. I but was little- I was sad to lose that one. No. Super cute. I mean, it's still a good picture. What, what was she? She was protesting in Topeka? Yeah, I guess. All right, let's see. Nelson Karayanis uh, says, are you guys familiar with Foucault's boomerang? What are your thoughts on the idea? Also, I feel historically we are closer to the reformation era with the internet being the new printing press. Hmm. Are you familiar with that uh, Foucault's boomerang? I think I've heard of it before, but I don't know. Not familiar? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, Path of Resilience just said, spot on, Tim. I don't know to which you are agreeing with, but uh, everything. Fantastic. (laughs) I love it. Mike, uh, Mr. Hunt, first name Mike, says, didn't come here to watch, didn't come by to read comments. I just read the title and and will express what we all know. Powder keg. No one is considering the real horror of all of this while they, the left, do terrible things. Yep. Let's see. The, uh, the Nickerman says, thanks, Tim Fool, amen, and a woman brother. <laughs> All right. All right, let's keep going. Fall Kun says, Trump needs to start a MAGA party. Let the Republicans figure out where to get votes when we all leave. And that's all, all that's left are establishment voters. Yeah, they'll get like 10% of what they got before. I think Trump's the one man right like the right now, the person who can break the two party system. I really do think so. Yeah, but the the issue is that Donald Trump has now been silenced on social media. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is and know 75 it. and fat. And I'm sure. just saying that's it's just that's not the best position to be in now to start something. A movement. About, I, I'm not like just no, saying no, no. it to insult him. I'm just saying he doesn't have Twitter anymore. He doesn't have a TV show anymore. So he's got to figure out now if he's going to be the guy to lead some big movement going he forward to make, how he gets his voice out there. No, he makes the endorsement and his son runs it or his sons run it. And then they encourage all supporters to say, if you support, you know, you know, Donald Trump and everything he stood for, then we're going to be pressing a new party because the GOP did not have our backs. Yeah. And we're going to send a message. And I'll tell you this. There are a lot of people. I, it, what I've been basically hearing is people saying, if you've already lost to the Democrats and expect to lose again, vote for a new party because the Republicans don't deserve your support. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying that, too. I just I, I got to say, I, I think that we are going to see the Trump family get crushed. I think they can't let them. 
they they just can't let these guys maintain this because this is the only group that really poses the immediate threat to them right now. And I think we're going to see them all silenced on social media. And I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they try to bring criminal charges. Not, not just that. Trump. I mean, people are looking at sedition and conspiracy charges for mm-hmm. being at the Capitol facing at least 20 years. That's yeah. going to send a very big chilling effect to a lot of people. Yeah, sure will. Stefan Luna says Joe Jorgensen make, made Gary Johnson look like Murray <laughs> Rothbard. <laughs> <laughs> that's saying a lot. That's a, that's a big statement there. I don't know quite if I agree. I 100% agree but, with that one. Oh, man. Brittany Hart says Larry Sharp 2022 or 2024. I voted for him in 2018. He, he got, he's got the, the best uh, Liberian. Ideas? No, it says Liberian. <laughs> well, ideas. he is. I've always said Larry Sharp is a solid Liberian. Uh, okay. <laughs> so. Oh, what a what a, what a poor country. Uh, <laughs> Denny Decibel says, "Hey Tim, have you reached out to David Barton yet and invited him onto your show?" I'm not familiar. David Barton. I'll look him up. Uh, McCole Petnick says, "We need to play the same game as the establishment. Tell all the leftists." That it's the banksters and Federal Reserve that are the true racists and super racists and supremacists and how much richer we'd all be without them. I mean, that's that's true, though. Yeah. If, if you want to talk about wealth redistribution, maybe it's time we just say, you know what, leftists, we agree the Fed is ripping everybody off. You want to talk about wealth redistribution and, and universal health care? Here we go. Then you'll see how fast your show gets banned from the Internet. No <laughs> joke. <laughs> it's today. You know, to, on today's episode, we're going to start with what we normally say. Everybody should unite around the Federal Reserve and then they'll ban you. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got. Spaceman says, read The Demon and Democracy by Rizard Legutko. Great podcast. Thank you. Let's see. Karn, is that a cam? Karna Handen says, who does Dave learn all his foreign policy knowledge from? Um, well, I mean, I, sh- I, I give a shout out to antiwar.com. Uh, they're fantastic. The Libertarian Institute, uh, the libertarianinstitute.org, antiwar.com. Um, I mean, I learned a ton of it from Ron Paul, Noam Chomsky. Uh, I, I think Glenn Greenwell, uh, Glenn Greenwald's done great work on this. Jeremy Scahill's done great work on this. Um, uh, that pretty much the whole foreign policy staff at Cato is really great. Um, you know, like Cato, I don't agree with all of their stuff, but their foreign policy team is really solid. Um, Cool. I guess that's it yep. for now. Grant Green says, what does Dave think about libertarians defending big tech? They say it is a free market, yet ignore the protections they receive, such as IP protections that last 70 years and things like Section 230. Yeah, OK, it's just so stupid and infuriating. And I've been battling with other libertarians about this for a while. Look, look here's the thing, right? Libertarians' uh, greatest attribute is our autism. And our greatest flaw is our autism. Indeed. So it's like libertarians have this autistic thing where, and this is why we have like the best arguments for why raising the minimum wage actually hurts low scaled workers because they've really thought about this purely. But the problem is that then they get trapped in this like world where they're not being human beings and they're going like, well, it's a private company. So a private company has a right to discriminate. And it's like, yes, okay. But what you're not understanding is that this libertarian principle will kill the future of libertarianism. But it's you don't exactly look the here's the truth okay you have to view things and this is why I, I really do like this term and think it's useful through the lens of the cathedral the the state is not simply the government and government employees it's the deep state it's the corporate press it's academia and and it's big 
business that are crony capitalists and it's big tech. Yeah. They're all working together and doing each other's bidding. They're not separate things. They're all one thing. And I think that what might wake some libertarians up is seeing Ron Paul get messed oh, with yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> because do you really now – remember, do you ever hear that uh, Karl he, Marx line where he said the capitalist – I don't remember exactly, but it's like the capitalist will sell us the last piece of rope we can use to hang mm-hmm. him. Yeah, and yeah. there is some genius to yes. that, right? So it's like libertarians, do you really want to be in the position of defending big tech's right to silence Ron Paul? I, I, because I that's so- pretty self-defeating. I need someone to make the meme. Of, uh, you know, they do the thing where the person looks normal and there's four panels and they slowly change over time each panel. And it's like my reaction watching big tech censor the patron saint of libertarianism. And then their face slowly starts turning into yeah. the communist flag. Yeah. Well, look, at the very least, I, and I don't, I'm not calling for any type of government action. Like I know there are people who are calling to like nationalize. Uh, these industries, I think that's a crazy plan. Like, I, I gotta be, you know, the idea that like, oh, if we nationalize it, then they have to live up to the constitution because of course the government always lives up to constitutional yeah. protections. Like, I think that's crazy, but at least criticize it. Don't just sit there and be like, well, they have a right to do it. They're like, being oh, protected by yes. the government. Well, yes. And so <laughs> take it away. No, not just that. They're, they're not private entities. They're quasi state entities yes, you're right. that work with the government. Today, Facebook and Twitter worked with the State Department to bring back free speech in Uganda, yeah, of yes, all places. That's right. <laughs> so you look at InQtel, you look at the government contracts, you look at the tax subsidies. These are entities that only exist all built off government and only uh, have monopolies because yes. of government. That, and no, that's the issue no you're absolutely right but i i do think that in the same sense that like where what i mean by the autism thing is it's like if i actually malice used this example but it was like if a restaurant like served you cold rotted food and and a libertarian went well they're a private company and it's like well why is your response to say they're a private company the response should be this is like awful don't serve this this is terrible but i do think honestly i think your podcast on on rogan when you basically told jack dorsey and whoever that lawyer lady was to their face like how and and just destroyed them in that debate i think that's like the most powerful thing like we need a lot more of that people exposing them my respect to uh, them doing it i genuinely believe they thought that they were going to walk in and it was going to be like, here's why we banned Milo. And then I would go, oh, well, I guess. Oh, they had no, they were not prepared. I remember one part. I mean, it's been a little while since I watched this, but there was one part where you like just went on this awesome little like rant just destroying their entire worldview. And she just gave you the most corporate, like she was just silent for a minute. And then she went, thank you for your feedback. <laughs> we will discuss that with our team. I think and you're like, oh man, that is that, that is really it. weak. Yeah. For, there there like, was like a point where I knew we had to go in to start talking about specific individuals and then we got to the point where I said, what, at what point did you become the arbiters of, you know, what opinions are allowed in public discourse? Removing people based on your ideals and things like that. And, you know, I thought that was a really important part of the conversation they didn't expect. Yeah. They thought it was going to be like, we banned this person. Because they, gen- I think they genuinely believe their worldview is the universal worldview. Hmm. Yes. So like when I explained the misgendering thing, these, the leftists don't get it. This is the thing about the left not understanding the right and the right understanding the left. The right knows what the left thinks when they talk about misgendering. The left doesn't understand what the right thinks when they talk about misgendering. And I'm trying to so, explain yes. it didn't work. And the, and the most important point I thought that you were making was that you're so biased that you don't see it as a bias. Exactly. You just see it as, well, obviously, this is the wrong thing to do. So we're not biased. We're against the wrong thing well, to do. And you're like, no, it's your bias that makes you think this is the wrong thing well, to do. Well, ask them specifically about body dysmorphia. 
It's, yeah. there, there's very similar symptoms to people who have dysphoria and dysmorphia. And I said, are you going to start protecting people who are criticized when they want to cut their hands off? I'm not trying to say it's the same thing. No, I'm it's saying, just, you know, it's, it's just taking this to the logical conclusion. If we're going to do this for the reasons you're saying, then why not this? Well, we protect all groups that are experiencing some kind of body dysmorphia. Or yeah. will you only limit it to your ideological, you know, point of view or toward, toward the groups you feel should be protected? Because I'll tell you this, if you want to protect the trans community, then I'll say, absolutely. I think it's a noble cause and I completely, I, I, I respect it. Can we talk about the other groups that need those same protections? Well, the answer was apparently no. Right. You know, so I, I was like, then there's not, there's no consistency in your ideology. I don't think they even recognize that. No, for sure. Grant Henley says, I love Dave, been a fan since 2012. I was an exchange student in Taiwan, and they hate China. They are very much like Hong Kong and U.S. citizens. They're actually protesting for Trump. Yeah, they're, they're mm. marching for him. Yeah. Food negotiator says David Wright. Dave is right. Although Trump had the resources to crush the establishment and reach people as an outsider, he still lacked the real philosophical principles to go anywhere with the momentum. You know, it, it is in many ways a shame that uh, it, it's like to, to get the kind of personality and you know, power to become president. Trump had that, but he didn't have, as, as you know, you and, and they mentioned the philosophical principles. A Rand Paul, I don't think, you know what I mean? With all, with all due respect, because I like Rand Paul, I don't think he has the, the X factor to yeah. be president. You know what no, I mean? No, I, I mean, I, look, Rand Paul ran. He was in that same race. It's, it's, the, it's the great tragedy of the whole situation. Donald Trump was the only weapon that would work. He was just, he was rich enough and famous enough and rude enough and aggressive enough to be the one who could beat him. But then that tool didn't actually know how to wield power. It's so funny. I, like we were saying downstairs before, it's like, you know, they call him a dictator. Not one person got put in jail for trying to frame him <laughs> for treason. They framed him for treason. And he couldn't get one person in jail over that. And they put his people in jail. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's the angry Bellsprout says Trump should have started a locals and charged reply guys $20 a month to abuse him. <laughs> uh, for those that are familiar, so Dave Rubin has locals.com where mm -hmm. you can basically create your own, you know, like your own social network where people go and it's just you and your followers and your subscribers. So it really cuts out the bots and stuff. Good idea. I like it. Uh, I'm doing my own website, TimCast.com, which is basically similar, but it's mine. But uh, could you imagine if Trump signs up there? And then all of the people who hate Trump subscribe and pay money because they can't let it go. And they need to hear what he has to say. That would be amazing. He'd make a ton of money. There you go, Trump. That's your path. Nathan Daniel says, remember when you used to say, say whatever you want. It's a free country. Yeah. Memories. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Funny. Let's see. Zar Kasim says, Tim. Uh, hey, Tim. Food for thought. Everyone talks about the situation as being 1984. Consider sometime the idea and influence of Animal Farm on the establishment regressive left. I think it explains Cuomo, etc. Interesting. Cuomo, well, Cuomo is now in favor of opening things up now that the Electoral College has uh, been, their votes have been counted. Uh, if you haven't already, check out TimCast.com and you can, be, you can become a member. We're going to start putting up uh, members only content probably really soon. We, we just went up just the other day. We're still working out some bugs, so uh, bear with us. But you can sign up now to support the show because considering the censorship that's going on, and I'll just let you guys know, it's, this is, I don't know to what extent it's been reported, but Facebook is doing a major purge. It's not just Ron Paul. A lot of channels are getting hit with blanket restrictions and bans. And my page on Facebook has received some kind of restriction. I don't know what it means or what it's, it's blanket. There's not, it's nondescript, but, uh, the risk is real. So that's why we've been trying to push really hard to get TimCast.com up and running and start the vlog show and, and, and do more because we're at risk as well. So you can check that out and sign up. Would greatly appreciate it.
Shale Karas says, first ever super chat. If you have Dave Smith on more, the more I'll be a donate. Dave, shout out. T-W-L-V-M-N-M-R. Well, I don't know what that is. I, di- I didn't follow that part at the end, but I, I liked the general spirit of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have Dave on. He's here now. Tanner Miner says, speaking of conspiracies in the Federal Reserve, how do you all fear, feel about the theory that the Titanic was sunk intentionally so that many rich men died and the reserve was made off of that? I don't know the whole thing. I only know the Titanic switch theory. I haven't heard that. <laughs> I never wow. heard that. That's I just only, you know, I only have room for so many conspiracies <laughs> in my head. And sometimes like, when someone brings me a new one, I'm like, I just, I don't have it in me. I but can't. you might they're, be they're, right. They're, I don't know. They're, they're we'll fun. It's fun to like play kind of game of like mind Sudoku with these stories. But I just look, you can only, you can only believe so much or you need evidence and stuff. And so when someone comes to me with some fantastic story, I'm just like, I, I think it's fun, but you know, I'm not going to base my life around it. Sounds I'll like, look into that. That's fun. Sounds like a cool movie for sure. Yeah. So Wyatt Belt says, Tim, going back to when you were talking about gun reform, how long do you think before HR 127 becomes law? Do you guys know what HR 127 is? Mm, no. I'm not familiar. No, I'm not. You want to look it up, Luke? I can look it up. HR 127. We will check oh, that Oh, is that out. Corey Bush's thing? What is, what is that thing? House Resolution 127 about... Um, Banning all of the punishing guns? Punishing the Republicans. So uh, what does that have to do with to provide control? for the licensing of firearms and ammunition uh, yeah. possession? Yep. Uh, you have to get a license to buy ammo. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. How will that work? Will it be like you know what will happen? They'll... So this is this is what it's called uh, to provide for the licensing of firearm and ammunition possession and the registration of firearms and to prohibit the possession of certain ammunition. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah. Ah. Sheila so Jackson there you Lee go. From Texas. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's going to pass. I think it'll pass immediately. They've got control of everything. It's going to just go right through. Great. Yeah, this will be fun. People are going to get real mad. Warren Dent says, Ann Coulter says Rand Paul is too short to be president. <laughs> yeah? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he's not tall. She's the tall. heightest. He's not tall. But Ann Coulter, Ann Coulter does, is know. tall. She's very tall. She's yes. a very tall lady. Yeah, she might be right about that. It's not something you can try. Anonymous source says, Ugh, I got here too late. Two of my favorite podcasters. Dave, turn Tim libertarian, please. <laughs> well, does that mean like libertarian right, though? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't really, to me, I don't really consider myself right wing, but every left winger considers me right wing. Is that like a liber- so, libertarian centrist? Yeah, I, I, I guess. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think of libertarian as, as its own thing. Like Walter Block is a great libertarian. He always says the, it's the third leg on the stool. There's like the right, the left, and then this is its own kind of thing. It is. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. that, that's how I look at it. But you then, know. of course, every, if you're just not a leftist, pretty much every leftist thinks you're a right winger. Right. Like that's yeah. just how it works. I mean, it's, it's hilarious it's really, to me. I saw the thing with that, uh, that Vouch guy or whatever was like, well, you're a far right guy. And you're like, do you really like, is that your conception of the far right is you? That mix- just seems so bizarre to me. Um, a mixed race pro universal healthcare, like liberal. Yeah. yeah. Liberal is the easiest way I can put it. Yeah. How many like, times have I gone, have I done pod- podcasts where I've explained my position on supporting universal basic healthcare? supplemented by private insurance and i'm like that's not right wing it's probably it's like center left leaning it's 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 a little bit more into left than just left of center but no. it's not far far left well actually it is fairly far left actually to be honest i mean you're like you oppose like some of the like crazy excesses of the woke stuff but like culturally politically there's nothing about you that's far right it's just if you're not in <laughs> lockstep with them 
then that's that was, the only box you have to be put that was, in. That was funny when he called me far right. I was like, dude, did you read like a meme board that called yeah. me far right? Because I had a converse. I, I talked about border, you know, protections right, or something. Right. And it was like, that was the only thing you heard about me. Because Bernie Sanders was in favor of it. Oh, yeah. Like Bernie Sanders came out in, I think, 2018. And he was like, we got to have border security. Well, there's one interview. I think it's earlier, like in 2016 or something, where Ezra Klein, this is before he got like big into the presidential runs and he was just being honest. And Ezra Klein asked him uh, uh, if we should support open borders. And Bernie Sanders goes, what? No. That's a Koch Brothers big corporation policy. Mm -hmm. He goes, what are you talking about? You want to like, which by the way, kind of makes Dude, sense from Bernie's perspective because it, right. it, it doesn't, well, it also just doesn't jive with any of his policies. Like, look, you can argue, and I think fairly consistently, that if you have like no welfare state, none of that stuff, then you can have an Ellis Island situation so, so, where people come in. But if you have, if you have like healthcare, housing, education, all of these things at, uh, paid for by the taxpayer and open borders, this, they're impossible to work together. This, is, this, this goes back to what we were talking about with Occupy Wall Street and the left becoming fractured and all that stuff. I supported Bernie Sanders in 2016. The wokeness wasn't a big element of his campaign. He opposed the trade agreements. He was for the working class. He said open open borders is a Koch brothers proposal. And I was like, this Bernie guy has been consistent. He's been in government. He's He knows how the system works and he's calling it out. And I liked it. And then he got on stage and said, white people don't know what it's like to be poor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? And there are people who to this day still don't believe he said it, and I, sh I show him the clip, and they're shocked by it. Oh, he said it very blatantly. He said, when yeah. you're white, you don't know what it's like to be poor. And I, and, and I got to be honest. And I, for a socialist to say this, right. you're like, dude, really? You don't understand Let that? Let me like, introduce you, you to my Ukrainian friend. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So that was, that was like smack in the face. But, I'm, you know, it's crazy to me that someone like Vosh would call me far right, and I'm literally... Like still, I, I was praising Bernie recently. The problem I have is the wokeness makes no sense and it is hurting the working class and causing them to fight each other. How does it make sense that a, a, a black woman worth a billion dollars is more oppressed than a homeless white man? Well, we're yes, talking about gets, supporting the bourgeoisie and that's what and, even and throwing some, the proletariat out the window. And it gets to the point where like, you know, when Michelle Obama gave her speech at the DNC and uh, and she's talking right away. She's like, now, I know some people disagree with me. Of course, a black woman up here talking to you and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, so you, your first thing has to be this strict identitarianism. And because of racial and gender identity, you are a victim. Lady, your husband was elected yeah. president <laughs> twice. You're broadcasting from your Mar-a-Lago home. You are talking to some truck driver. Telling yeah. him that you're a victim. This is like bananas. Yep. Like th This makes no sense. And some of these people are politicians that are literally instituting policy like we saw in New York City with the school chancellor mm -hmm. literally arguing that if you're a poor white person, resources should not go to you. They should go to someone of color no matter what. No, listen, well. Joe Biden just said yeah. the other day, he just gave a speech from the president-elect little podium thing that he does, where he said our focus is going to be on black-owned businesses, Latino-owned yep. businesses, and female-owned businesses. Now, I'm sorry. That is so much more blatantly racist than anything Donald Trump's ever said. I mean, can you yeah. imagine if Donald Trump ever just got up there and said, hey, this one racial group, they're, they're not our focus of help, but everybody else is. Uh, uh, but also also Asians. Let, 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 yeah, they cut out Asians. Oh, How yeah. They? They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're this, on this, team white. They, yep. So I, I've been thinking about it, and I think... A lot of these leftists, you know, people like Vosh, are more pro-establishment than they are populist. 
because you have a choice between the establishment, pro-war machine, corporate lobbying, big banks, the theft of the working class, and Donald Trump. And for me, the choice was Donald Trump. Even though I lean left on policies, don't agree with Trump on uh, a fair amount of issues, don't agree with conservatives on a fair amount of issues, but agree with, you know, anti-establishment principles and more populist causes. I'd rather see someone like Trump who just like, like you said, he doesn't hate these people. It was like for the first time they experienced someone actually fighting for him. And I'm like, that's better than Joe Biden. He's going to he's not left. He's not uh, uh, he's going to gut like the working class. He's going to he's going to strip the wealth and privileges that the working class have fought so hard to try and accomplish and give it to the, the, you know, his wealthy elites, the corporate lobbyists, the big banks. So I won't accept that. Then I see these leftists being like, but we have to stop Trump because he's a fascist. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you, it's like, you know what, man? You supported the, the corporatist, which is f- so much closer to fascist. Yeah. These people don't have any idea. And then, and then you're going to come and tell me I'm right wing. Okay, dude. Congratulations. You just put th- this this establishment military mass murdering regime back in power. So now when they start w- one day, these people are going to wake up looking at their paychecks, looking at what's going on, and they're going to be shocked. But and I'll tell you what, most of them are just tribalists anyway. Yeah. They don't. It's not about policy for them. It's just about which side should or needs to win. We spent a good deal of this show ragging on Donald Trump. Because, look, as much as I often find myself in a defensive position for him, like you were mentioning, his critics are so insane. Yeah. You're like, I, Donald Trump could walk up to a dog and scream at it. And you start going, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then all of a sudden, you see a news report saying Donald Trump threw a puppy off a bridge. And you're like, no, he didn't. Yeah, yeah That that's never right. happened. Trump never did that. And like, why are you defending him? Because he didn't do that. Yeah. I can credit, you know. So anyway, look. I hope that the left and the right can actually find some common ground on populist causes, but I really do think it's mostly tribalist. I think that's the big problem we have right now. But with that being said, we've uh, uh, our two-hour show has basically become a two-and-a-half-hour show because when we have good conversations, we just kind of keep going. But if you haven't already, smash the like button because it really, really does help. Thanks to everybody for your super chats. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and mines at TimCast. Uh, there was used to be Parler, but no, you know that's gone. So, uh, but, but you should follow me on Minds because I know Bill and Minds is great as well. And I put my videos up there every day. And don't forget to go to TimCast.com, become a member. And this is the important part. It's not just that there's going to be exclusive videos and video segments we're going to start producing very soon, but it's that we're going to be doing actual physical events for very, very small groups, especially considering COVID. But the very small groups, you will get an email notifying you if you are a member when they go on sale. And it's going to be probably first come, first serve. So become a member. And then for everybody, uh, I think, just go to the website and you can figure it out. Uh, you can check it out. We are trying to work through the bugs and, and get everything up and running. So please, you know, forgive us as we start working through and getting things sorted much better, improving our hosting and things like that. But uh, thanks all so much for hanging out. We're live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Leave us a comment. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Leave us a good review on iTunes and Spotify. But uh, seriously, thank you all so much for hanging out. And uh, Dave, do you have uh, any socials or podcasts you want to mention? Oh, yeah. Well, my podcast is part of the problem. It's everywhere podcasts are. Uh, but you can go to gasdigitalnetwork.com. That has all my stuff there. Uh, my my comedy special from 2017, I put up for free on my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash dsmithcomic, at comicdavesmith on Twitter, at the problem Dave Smith on Instagram. I'm not on any of the cool alternative social media sites, so I'm, I might be in trouble. But well, we'll follow, see, we'll follow see me there. You can't stop. I've yeah. been I've been bleeding followers on uh, on Twitter, so I don't know. I know a lot that, of people have been saying that because Twitter banned seventy thousand people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people losing followers. 
Oops. Luke. Ah, there we go. So, <laughs> so, so look out for my uh, what was smoke signals. They're going to be coming out very soon uh, on the YouTube channel. We are changed. The website is wearechange.org. Sign up on that email list. And if you want to support my voluntary efforts here, check out my t-shirt store and you could buy a t-shirt like the one I'm wearing right now that says new normal, new world order on wearechange.org forward slash shirts. Thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate you guys very much. And I'm over here pushing all the buttons for these cool guys. My Twitter at is SourPatchLids, L-Y-D-S. Thank you all so much for hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow live at 8 p.m. You can also check out my other YouTube channels, youtube.com slash TimCast, youtube.com slash TimCastNews. I, would, I, I have homework for everybody if you're so inclined. Have a, have a chill session. Just chill out. Put your phone down. Put it on mute. Get away from the internet. Watch some cartoons. Hang out with your friends and your family. Just chill and relax. And then come back tomorrow because we're going to be talking news again at 8 p.m. And we will see you all then. Bye, guys.